Oh, Jesus, how's things? How are you? This is the Lost Art Podcast. Me and Gar. Me. My name is Paul. His name is Gar. And, and today we are doing the topic of before they were famous. What were they up to? <sighs> they were up to loads, apparently. Loads of people um, up to loads of stuff. This was a difficult, difficult one because it's hard to... Almost everybody from famous bands, they were in bands before. Yeah. But 99.9% of them were shite bands that nobody knows anything about and it's really hard to get information and recordings from and yeah. more even more hard to find them on Spotify, Spotify yeah because the record label is not putting these these they're not paying the Spotify whatever rates aggregator fee is to uh, put these up on a record label fee. whatever it is what is yeah, it a fucking uh, agent fee and uh, man I found so many cool bands and yeah. I went to check on Spotify wasn't there so we are hamstrung by Spotify on this one however that doesn't mean it's going to be bad because like, no, I think we both found some great stuff. There's some there. So yeah, there's some we did. Without further ado, who's your first one? In, in, in. My first one is a band called Inside Out. And Inside Out featured Zach De La Rocca from Rage Against the Machine. I like him. I do. Have a bit of time for that chap. Time for him. Um, so Inside Out were like, a, they were a hardcore band. Of course they were. Of course they it were. It always starts with hardcore, yeah. and I'll tell you why, it's very easy to write. Exactly. <laughs> it's, it's, it's true. Um, Inside Out were actually pretty well known while they were doing the rounds. Uh, they went from 1988 to 1991. Well, the way I did it, just before you go on, mm. just before I did this, these, these could have been semi-famous, but we went on to bigger, Mom, yeah, bigger. Yeah, absolutely. So before they were, absolutely. The, before they were the fame that you know them yes. for, rather than, yeah. go, like, the band was actually yeah, pretty it's, big it's, before. It's so almost certain that you heard of their big band exactly. before There's, you ever it. heard of their yeah. earlier, earlier work. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, um, I meant to say that earlier. Yeah. Uh, so Inside Out put out, uh, I think they might have only done an EP, maybe two EPs. Um, I think they were on Revelation Records, which specialised in, in that kind of style of, of hardcore. Now, the EP they're most known for is called No Spiritual Surrender, is what it's called. Um, oh, God. I know, I know. No <laughs> Spiritual Surrender. Now, lyrically, he was just a vocalist, didn't play any instruments, he just sang. It was that kind of, it wasn't like, rah, 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 it was, the, it was that kind of youth crew style, shouting uh, vocals. Yeah, I can already hear it. Yeah, head. yeah, exactly. Um, what's interesting is that uh, before they broke up, their second album, I think they might have had some of it recorded. The second album, the title of the second album was to be called Rage Against the Machine. Ah, took it with him. Where the name came from. I'm taking that name with me. <laughs> exactly. Um, a couple of the lads from Inside Day also went on to have a decent enough career as well. Uh, the guitarist, his name is Vic DeCara. He became, he, apparently he was one of the main reasons that the band broke up. He became a Harry Krishna. And it was a big movement in the early 90s in the hardcore scene towards Harry Krishna. It's real weird. It's just uh, not really. Thing. The hardcore scene gravitate towards things that are a little bit, I don't know, straight edge. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, Christianity. But, yeah. But, uh, veganism. Yeah. It, it, it's interesting. Feminism. Yeah. Well, the, <laughs> the, the Hare Krishna scene is co- kind of a, a weird one. I, I think it began with Cro-Mags. Um, I think they might have been one of the first bands to properly embrace it and start bringing it in. Now, Victor Cara ended up in a bunch of Hare Krishna hardcore bands. Um, he ended up in <laughs> Shelter. That's not a laugh. I know it's an absolutely mad thing to say, but it's definitely a real thing. There are most certainly... Hurry, hurry, hurry! Krishna, Krishna, Krishna! Hurry, hurry, there's, de- hurry, there's definitely bits of that. Um, the, most, the most famous Hare Krishna hardcore <laughs> no, I always, always is not it's hardcore. Same. It's not far off there. Yeah. Um, it's even simpler. <laughs> uh, Shelter would probably be the most famous Hare Krishna hardcore band. 
Um, now, Shelter don't really sound like a hardcore band. They sound almost like a just a 77 kind of punk band. Almost. And, uh, presumably, if they're split up, then there's... No Shelter here! Yeah, no Shelter's still doing the rounds. <laughs> no Sh- Shelter yeah, here! Shelter's still doing the rounds. I think Victor Carter still might be in them. He also went on, he formed a band called 108, um, which was a big time Hardy Krishna hardcore band. Um, they, they were almost a super group of Hardy Krishna um, <laughs> hardcore acolytes. I would have thought the pill was quite small, but if they it's, can do a super yeah, group from it, yeah, Jesus. Um, there's, a, there's actually a really funny story that I'll tell another time on a different podcast that relates from that band 108 to um, Chromags about a drum machine. But one of the lads from from Chromags heard the 108 demo, and it was just a drum machine. And they were asking him to join on drums. He was like, "Why would you do that? Like that's the greatest drumming I've ever heard in my entire life." We just keep that fella. And it was just he's so tight. Yeah, exactly. That's he's he actually so tight. Was real. Yeah, not dealing with the <laughs> not dealing with the smartest lads when it comes to the chromags. But um, Chris Batten, he was the drummer. He went on to be in Drive Like Jehu, which is a yeah. rock from the crypt kind of side project. Mark Hayworth ended up playing in Gorilla Biscuits, which is a big fucking big time hardcore band as well. Uh, who else? Alex Barreto. I think he might have played guitar. He ended up in Alien Ant Farm. How mad is that? Alien fucking ant farm. Yeah. They're uh, about one gig away from playing Fibbers. Yeah, 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 exactly. Well, they played Voodoo Lounge last year, didn't they? That's small, literally yeah. one rung above Fibbers. Uh, but when these lads inside out knocked it in the head in 1991, I think the, the, the changeover from inside out into Rage Against the Machine was almost ready. I think right. Zach had already kind of set up. It's only him shit. going, is it? To it's rage. only him. Yeah. It's only him. That, like I said, everybody else in the band went on to be in other bands that done well within their pers- like respective well, scenes, well but nothing like Rage Against the Machine. Rage Against the Machine was a completely different animal. Now, what's weird is you go back and you watch this footage of the first ever Rage Against the Machine gig online, and it's them at like a county fair. Yeah, I think I like saw four people standing in front of them, and it's them doing killing in the name of everything. Absolutely opening it up, but that's yeah. because the lads from Rage Against the Machine all cut their teeth in shitty little bands beforehand, yeah. so they weren't. They weren't shy about getting their message across. Yeah. Like I said, the second album was supposed to be called Rage Against the Machine, so it was already ready to go. Um, Have you ever done that? I've taken names from the band I was in, and I've done that. Eh, probably. I've probably or done an idea. that at some stage. But yeah, that's Inside Out. Um, the oh, track yeah. I picked is called Burning Fight. Listen, it's fine. It's, if you like hardcore, if you like fast punk stuff, it's probably a minute and a half long. I can't fucking remember. That's quite long. That's like a fucking prog song that's, Yeah, that's song for an them. epic. That's their uh, Bohemian Rhapsody. <laughs> uh, it's fine. Loads of people love Inside Out more than Rage Against the Machine. Just because people... Obviously, there are people out there who like their music kind of to have a message and be simple. Yeah. And that's, there's nothing wrong with that either. Um, but you yeah, have a listen to Inside Out. If you do like it, the, the rest of the stuff is up there on Spotify. That was the easiest one. I remember it when you put up. I didn't remember that that was the name of his band mm. until I looked at the photo. I was like, ah, yeah. And of course, the cover of the EP, and I don't know whether, this is yep. interesting, I don't know whether the original cover looked like this. Just had him on it. But the cover now just has him on it. Yeah. But I think that might actually be in the case. I think the original just had Fair him enough. on it. Um, that's because he was like a black fella in a hardcore scene in the fucking late 80s. Is he not Mexican? I don't know what he is. Latino? He's, he's something going on. He doesn't look like me anyway. Cooler than he white. He doesn't glow in the dark like me. He's cooler than white. He's, he's definitely steps above <laughs> us honky bastards. Let's put it that way. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what, oh yeah, who's your next one? I got confused. Every Russ LaRock. Russ, I, I'm going to be honest with you. But some of yours I know. Some yeah. of yours I have no idea because we, we we were late into the game yeah. on this list together and that's probably a good thing. So tell me who the fuck 
or what or Rust the Rock, whatever. His it is. real name, yes, Marcus Aurelius. Get the fuck out of here, Gladiator. MF Doom. MF Doom <laughs> had had an album. No, it's Russell Bloody Crow. Really? Yeah, Russell Crow. Before you see, a lot of people know that. 30-odd foot of grunts yeah. band that you kept going on, not kept going on about. The media went, oh, you're in a band. You see, they were playing gigs. 30-odd foot of grunts were playing gigs in the mid-80s. Before well, he was in the odd film in, in um, New Zealand or whatever like that. But we'll get into that later. But before that, he was just a singer on his own uh, called Russell Rock. Really? Like, this is a solo album? Yeah, and his song is called... Uh, I want to be just like Marlon Brando. And the cover of him is trying to look like Marlon Brando. And it's very badly recorded. uh, What type of music is it? It's kind of, not croonery, but you know that 60s kind of, uh, I want to be a solo singer, but I also want to like be on my own, which is is the definition of a solo singer. (coughs) It's just this fucking, oh my, it's really hard to describe. It's just 60s rock. Really? Just 60s style rock. Roy Orbison style. No, a bit more like touching on the side of almost surfery, but not quite. Really? Okay. Almost kinksy, but so not. So he probably thought this was mad edgy at the time. At the time, it probably, yeah, you see, this what thing about it is, ish? this is the 80s, so he was okay. more, it was already kind of retro Yeah. He's, he's Australian, isn't he? No, he's New Ze- from New Zealand. Is he from New Zealand? Yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. learning loads here. Yeah. About so he then was in a band after that called 30 Odd Foot of Grunts, which are a rock band. Yeah. Like, and they're not the worst. Easy. Russell Crowe doesn't really have a great voice, but he has been into bands since he was a kid. Yeah. Like, and he's been the Rowan. He's yeah, but this was about to say he uh, in before up until like two thousand and one, they had played gigs in like London all around the world. They actually toured now. So he was singing around the world mm. instead of fighting. Yep, for once. He's a grumpy bastard. Isn't he? he is a miserable bastard. But when you do, you catch an interview with him where he's in a good humour. He's, he's yeah, oh, he's great. You see, he just he doesn't hate people. <laughs> he just hates interviews. He does. I watched, he hates, I watched a thing with him before where they were. Um, I don't know whether it was a car or a house or something, and, and they were talking about putting putting the like the Australian flag on on something. And he's like, no, don't do that. Put the it was, I think it's George's Cross or whatever the, like, the original OG yeah. Australian flag is that doesn't have the Union Jack. Is he Australian? No, I don't know. Pretty sure he's from New Zealand. Do you want me to check? I could be wrong. I would love you to check. Well, you keep talking there about um, Russell the Rock. I remember seeing him in an interview for well, the first time. I really realised he was a grumpy bastard. Was the interview for uh, Inside Man, where they got the name of the uh, guy he was playing wrong. And Russell just was like, that's not his name. That's not how you pronounce it. It's this. And he's just real grumpy. Mm. Real, like, but then again, I've seen a lot of people in those, uh, you know, those press junk fucking yeah. whatever things. They still like. Oh, yeah. Like eight, nine hours of a, just answering the same questions. And then fly off and do it in Berlin. Fly off, do it again in something like that. So uh, Russell Crowe was born in New Zealand, but lived most of his life in Australia. Australia. So, Australia. so he's, uh, ah, right. he's, he's a combo. He's a combo. Yeah. Um, I remember at the time being mad into... Uh, like Romper Stomper wasn't that the fucking yeah. film he was in yeah. just because I like those movies where people sort of either are not seen, either get killed or turn it around yeah. either way I don't like the ones where they succeed is there any of them not really you wouldn't want to be watching exist. them films yeah you do they exist to, well, no, I don't, uh, I'm sure somewhere they do well, I've never seen them well World War One films Hitler in, lives in, in Valkyrie in doesn't he he makes that to pro, pro-Nazi film yeah. or, or, that, or that TV show Man in the High Castle I haven't watched. I haven't finished it. Yet. I've only started season one. It's very good. Mm. But yeah, you don't want to be. They want to be doing those yeah. things. But um, I kind of got into that, and then I think the, there was another film. I think before um, Gladiator, I was like, I love this guy. He's a fucking big hard man. And I was reading up about his uh, 
music and I listened to that 30 odd foot of grunge band and I was like nah it's not for listen me. we've already talked about Steven Seagal you heard the show he put out when yeah, he no, this kill isn't, everyone this isn't that bad it's just, it, it sounds like kind of slightly above the average pub rock band but they're, they're grand well in Australia that kind of uh, uh, yeah. cowpoke and pub rock would have been huge yeah, yeah. so they were they were big in that scene and they obviously big enough to tour outside of there before he'd got his probably first paycheck from a big film and then all of a sudden once Gladiator hit forget about it was that, well, you're not entertained um, at the, Jesus that was his breakout film that was his absolute yeah, I, like, I, I, somehow I feel like I'd seen him and stuff before that he's, that was big he's written that was a, definitely his big one like. yeah he's written bits and bobs songs since then um, I don't know if any of them have really appeared on films I think they're like no Russell you're, you're grand you're, you're fine you're, just too, you're great at the acting that, that. but he did uh, do a cover of a song uh, in in uh, on thirty odd foot of grunts album, and he dedicated it to Richard Harris, who was a mentor from in Gladiator, yeah, or, yeah. or whatever. And pretty much is just the older version of Russell Crowe as yeah. well. Like who in did a life. song because we only talked about him doing a yeah. song yeah. when he wasn't a singer. However, Russell Crowe was We're a singer. Through the looking glass, yeah. here, this is this is kind of almost the opposite of the podcast. Mm. These people were singers before they became famous. Now I just pick an actor. That's fine. That's fine. Yeah, absolutely fine. I think so fine. That's a uh, Russell Rock, aka Russell Crowe, Marcus Aurelius, and. Many other names, master and commander, far side of the world, whatever. Mm. Well, that's a beautiful mind. Yeah. Is that the boxing one? What's su- the boxing one? Super, oh, Cinderella Man. Superman's da. In a he was Superman's like, he rode around the dragon. Yeah. Fuck that film. I didn't mind that one. No, it's grand though. until he starts riding around the dragon. Yeah, but like, the, do you know what it is? We have spaceships. What the fuck are you doing the dragon? Send your son after. We've got Ferraris, but you'll see me on a horse. You won't see me on a no, horse. No, you won't. What, in town? You'll see a horse on a Ferrari. Ooh, oh, come full circle. Who's your next one? <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> uh, my next one is a band called From First to Last. The song is Emily. It's absolute garbage. This is the, one of the worst songs I've ever heard. Yeah, it's pretty bad. I Who actually, the fuck is famous in I, this one? I, 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 in I, particular, I picked a really bad one because the rest of them pretty much all sound exactly I'd say same. I got 30 seconds into the song and I was like, uh, yeah, his t- vocals. Turn off. This is from an album called Dear Diary. Oh, Dear Diary. And oh, the no, song's wait for it. Emily. Wait for it. The full title, right? Oh, right. This is a very famous album, actually. Um, it's not for us. We were the wrong age. Around, we'd already discovered blowjobs by this stage by the time this album came out not so, cutting yourself and letting it drip onto yes, your yes. notebook so this album is called Dear Diary My Teen Angst Has a Body Count this is that's he's taking the pit that's a, that's a parody of that I and the song's know. called Emily yep that's, that's clearly a very funny parody um, so this band lasted from 1999 to 2010 and they got back again recently you know who the singer was no a guy called Sonny Moore don't know Skrillex oh yeah Skrillex is he the singer he was the singer. He wasn't the first singer. The first singer fucked off after an EP or something like that. Because he heard what was coming. Yeah, exactly. Um, so in 2010, like from first to last, were pretty big um, on that kind of screamo uh, scene, emo, yeah. screamo, whatever. Well, you they locked up all that bullshit. Yeah, but there was a bunch of those bands. At one stage, you, you, you couldn't walk down, you couldn't walk through town without tripping over one of these screamo bands, you know. Um, yeah. And these would have been one of the kind of mid mid tier. Top of the mid tier kind of ones. I will I say this about that scream on music itself. That's not easy to, to write and no, play well no. and record. Like it's, it's a weird version of hardcore and prog. Yeah. That's the way I, well, I was going to say pro, maybe pop, pop punk. Towards the end of it, loads of pop punk start coming in. At the start, you got bands that would have been lumped in here, like Job for a Cowboy and all into that, into that, yeah. that bracket as well. Um, it, it, is, it definitely, a, that scream I was seeing, like, arced out and. A hundred different. A lot of them were like you need. You need a good guitar, at least one, at least and a good drummer. Mm. At least there's two members you really need to be good, which is already difficult to find. Yeah, yeah. Um. So yes, Sonny Moore, also known as Skrillex, he was the singer. 
for years. Now they got back together again. They broke up in 2010. Got back. That's together when. That's again. when obviously Skrillex was doing his dubstep stuff. He well, this. he left. Um, he left the band in 2007 to start a solo career. Now this wasn't Skrillex. He decided he, uh, he wanted to go out on his own. So Songs of my broken something heart. Something like that, yeah. And he, I think right, he went... Right, right. Yeah, right. Almost certain. Bullshit. Almost certain. That's exactly what it was. <laughs> so he went under his own name for a while. Um, and then in 2010, I think it was, he decided to have a, a crack at doing the dubstep, which was... Let's be honest. Skrillex was the name and dubstep... Also, I don't like Joe. dubstep, but I will say this about that. Those songs take ages to make because there's a lot going on. There's so much going on. And yeah. when they write a cool little bit, yeah. that could be the only time you hear it in the yeah, song. Yeah, yeah. It's gone again. Exactly. And that involves a huge amount of different sampling and yeah. drum bass for that couple of seconds. It's basically like eight songs mashed up. Yeah. But they need to do that. Ten songs per album. Exactly. So and you I have, have to, to give it that credit. They I have, have to they have a weird format for like what the like doing that that all kind of uh electronic drop and all this kind of shit you have to walk out there's like points you have to hit in a, yeah, in a yeah. dubstep song yeah. Cause it's like a little race designed. you have to get the checkpoints yeah. before you, you fucking exactly. yeah, yeah. But what you do in between those points is your own business um, <laughs> it's your own business yeah it's, it's like a sexual preference whatever you get up to <laughs> exactly before you, before you do that drop that's, you know, yeah that's so uh, here, 2010 man. he went under the Skrillex moniker and he put out um, it was just called the, the, my name is Skrillex it was an EP and he, I think he released it free on MySpace yeah, I think he had a couple of songs on yeah. MySpace at least. Um, so I'll be honest with you, pay. the first time I heard it, I was like, this is interesting and new. Yeah, but that's, nobody had heard it and liked that really. Yeah. The closest thing we'd ever heard to Prodigy. that would have been some of the Prodigy stuff. And that, even then, that was like kind of more long drawn yeah. out than they were. This yeah. was like... There were songs. This, this was, was like... Yeah. This was art almost. It was like he was mixing Lego and Duplo yeah. at the same exactly. time. Exactly, yeah, exactly. Uh, which with you, bits you, of Meccano. It does work. Which, does it? You can, yeah, yeah. yeah. the same Not officially. Yeah. No, no, not officially. Mm, right. Hit it and hard enough at the work. Like, yes, the Fonzie true. life out of it. So, yeah, he, uh, he went off. He released an album or an EP on MySpace. It's done real well. And he started DJing and doing his own stuff. And he got fucking huge. And because of that, from first to last, got a big burst. Of course. Of popularity afterwards. Yeah. So, um, in 2017, uh, they continued on. Let me see. The timeline here is kind of fucky for them. So... He fucked off 2007, put out an album or two under his own name. 2010, Skrillex is born. Uh, 2013, the band get back together again, but without him. Of course. The guitarist, um, the guitarist starts singing, I think. They're bringing another guy to hey, fill in could, him. We can be famous too. Yeah, if something If Sonny's like going to be on exactly. MTV, then we can too. Exactly. So uh, they do their own thing. They've pretty much been going from 2013 until now, but in 2017, he decided to rejoin the band. So the guy who was singing for a while, he jumped back to guitar, whichever way they worked it, and apparently they're working on a new album right now, which no one is probably going to give oh, a fuck about. They probably care more, because Dubstep came and went so oh, quickly. Oh, really, like a two-year period. And Screamo's weirdly on its way back, and that oh, was yeah, just a little yeah, bit. Yeah. Well, you've got... Um, Rappers uh, doing it now and everything. Like, you, well, you've got... Um, what is his name? You don't... That, you, that could have played across really, the road. Who? Emo rapper. Oh, uh, uh, Youngblood? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's not really rap. I don't know what that is. That's like a weird modern form of pop, uh, pop rock. I, I don't know how. Yeah. Uh, Either way, it, Screamo is not clearly. Emo and Screamo is most certainly coming back, especially with My Chemical Romance deciding they're, they're getting their shit back together again to do tours. Yeah. That, that's, a, that's, a big, that's a big thing. I, I'll tell you right now, I'm seriously contemplating going to London to see them. Seriously contemplating it. Jesus, I've seen you skip gigs you love that are down the road. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> like, my five bands that I have that logo tattooed on me, I'm like, eh. yeah. But I, I'm seriously kind of like, yeah, it's raining. <laughs> um, 
Uh, that, that's pretty much it. I just I had I knew Skrillex before I knew from first to last, but I knew also that he had been in some sort of heavy band. I didn't know it was these guys. And if um, you think dubstep is bad, have a listen to this. This is fucking torture. Like I said, I picked a terrible song. Good. Um, mostly because, as I said, the other songs are all very formulaic. Listen, if you like from first to last, there's pro- tell me if there's good songs to listen to because I generally don't have a problem with this type of music. It doesn't hurt me. Yeah, tell Gar because I won't a, <laughs> a listen to you or B believe you. So um, tell Gar because I won't. I don't if you care. do know of a good from first to last song, uh, post it on the yeah. Facebook page or messages or whatever the fuck it is. Uh, let us know. Who is your next one, Helmet? Monsieur Bungle. You know, Mister Bungle have to come up eventually. It is Mike Patton's. Mike Patton's teenage band, his his mate's band, the Buddy Band, uh, before Faint No More. They were going. I'd say they were going. I think about four years before he joined Faint No More. Now he was. They they grew up as uh, people who were basically sick of the rock scene and, and not the rock scene so much, but more everyone going around in like ACDC and stuff. The music just was that wasn't doing it for them because they were little weird kids. So they were listening to Devo, Oingo Boingo, and uh, Bad Manners actually were a huge influence on them as well. So a lot of punk and just anything weird or a little bit sort of surreal. They'd, they'd squeeze in. Yeah, so that's why Mr. Bungle has that really weird... And they mix ska into it, which normally I would absolutely hate. But the song is Girls of Porn. It's one of the, my favourite songs. on it. Actually, the riff could be Rage Against the Machine, mm. if you listen to it. It has that Rage Against the Machine riff. But um, he, Mike Patton met Fight No More at a pizza parlor in 1986 when Chuck Mosley was uh, like in a bad way with the drink like real rolling around fucking yeah. not turning up whatever I don't know I don't know if you never turned up I just made it up but I presume if you have a, an alcohol lead singer there's going to be times where he'll go missing he's not there yeah so he hands them tapes of Mr. Bungle obviously just you know stick us on tour or whatever or just listen to them you hand your tapes out to someone they went no we want him in the band so they asked him fuck you think, Chuck yeah fuck you Chuck now Thankfully, he didn't say, fuck you, Mr. Bungle. Yeah, that wasn't that part of the deal where he had I, to keep them. Well, it's never said whether it's part of the deal or not. Now, what could have been is, he could have said, if I'm going to join Fight No More, by the way, if they had, he had two weeks to write the lyrics. To, I think we mentioned this before. Two weeks to write the lyrics to the a real thing, the real thing before it came out. And then that went on to be incredible Huge, album. Yeah. Lyrically, it's pretty decent. Vocally, it's unreal. Yeah. And uh, nominated for Grammys and all. Now, I don't know the deal with it. If he went to Warner Brothers... I I have to bring my band along or else they just went after a few weeks or months or whatever of them going fighting them are massive now oh what else have you got yeah they could have, oh, my, old band. my old band yeah. yeah so the one thing that annoys me about me putting this song in is this was recorded after fighting them are got yeah, big yeah, so fine. but he was in Mr. Bungle yeah, yeah. this is his band listen this is Mike Patton's proper fourth big band yeah. um, from I think they're from uh, Eureka California yeah um Obviously, the real thing changed everything, but Mr. Bungle still continued to... Sque- he's, a, he's a workaholic. Mike Patton is an he's absolute workaholic. Isn't he? Yeah, so he still... The lads probably got pissed off waiting around because he's touring all the time, but he still managed to get uh, two more Mr. Bungle albums, Disco Volante and California. Haven't they announced a little reunion or something recently? They are, yeah, yeah. with uh, Scott Ian. Really? He's playing in the band. I hope there's a big fire at that gig. <laughs> Not only do you hate Mr. Bungle, you don't like Scott Ian either. Scott, no, I do like Scott, Scott Ian. Scott Ian's fine. I wish he'd just shut up. Yeah. He did write like the best and possibly only song about Judge Dredd. So I'm all right with that. Mad into Judge Dredd, yeah, he's mad into Judge Dredd. Um, like, they all were. Yeah, I, but, I fucking hate Mr. Bungle. I fucking despise it. I hated Mr. Bungle before I knew that was Mike Patton. Did you? Yeah. Back in the Napster days, 
Like, you, you know, you just go on a rampage. They're one of... Right. Mike Patton fans can be annoying, but Mr. Bungle fans can also be quite annoying. But I don't know. Is there actually... Mr. Bungle fans. Yeah. Are there people who wear like Mr. Bungle t-shirts and all Yeah, absolutely. Records? There's people that are mad more into Mr. Bungle than they are any other Mike Patton. Band. That's fucking insane. They think that like they'd be like fighting them or be a watered down version. That's fucking stupid. Fighting them is what put manners on them. Like and like, gave them a bit of a, a bit of a road to travel on like. Like here's, well, here's some boundaries. I'm surprised you don't like Mr. Bungle although it is a bit I can't. It's like a bag of skills. Uh, I can't crack. I, I tell I tell you exactly why I fuck. See that squeeze me macaroni song? <laughs> that squeeze me macaroni song. I can't. It's it's just an exercise and absolute futility for music. That's <laughs> what it is. And I love this album. I, this album is amazing for me. And you know what else I fucking hate? They done that Super Mario song. Then on the phone, yeah. beep, 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 beep. Oh my God, I want to kill myself. Kill myself. Because back in the day, you had Napster or whatever, or fucking Soul Seek or whatever, and you'd just go rooting. You'd put in, you'd hope that people had filled out the, t- the ID3 tags on MP3s. Yeah. And you'd put in like hope. rock, metal, whatever. And you'd come across a song or like best of uh, underground rock music yeah. or whatever. And you download it all. And I'll never forget hearing that fucking, that first of all, I heard, I heard, the, I heard the Super Mario song. Because I done loads of those theme songs. I heard the Super Mario song. And I was like, what the fuck is this? And I didn't necessarily hate it. But I didn't I didn't like it either. I didn't know what was going on. But because it was, I think it was mostly instrumental, it was just a fucking bling, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Spling, splong, fucking noises, right? And then I got, I think I downloaded, I went looking for them. And I got that, like, squeeze me macaroni and all that type of shit. And I, lad, I can't. I, now, I put on the playlist where we are right now in work. Just because I know people like it. But every time it comes on, I have to skip it. It fucking pains me. It's not. It's one of. My, it's not one of my favorite songs off that album at all. It's just a rainbow on fire in musical yeah, form, is, yeah. and I can't do it. It's like a, you know, one of those uh, merry-go-rounds, but set to ultra speed by accident, and yeah. it's on fire. The waltz are in the carnival, and it's on fire. Yeah. Yeah. But lads with fucking six-string basses, and, there's, and there's clowns being raped yeah. Yeah. on the on the carnival. Yeah, which is, yeah, I'm not gonna. I'm gonna say something real bad. <laughs> I won't. I won't, I won't do it. No, I dislike, I, I have no problem with my pattern. I have no problem with fight no more. Yeah. But Mr. Bungle can fucking suck a dick sideways. A funny story about uh, Mr. Bungle was they got kicked off uh, a big festival. It could have been Lollapalooza or something like that when uh, Red Hot Chili Pepper said, we're not playing if they're on the, on the, on the uh, billing because we feel like they've stolen our sound. So, I don't know what the timeline is there. The timeline, so, um, Mr. Bung, well, I'd say, fight, if, if the real, the real thing came out in 89. I think, uh, Mr. Bungle came out, it was around 90, 90. Yeah, but they existed before that. So I'm, I'm wondering what the timeline they existed is since 86. for Red Hot Chili Peppers versus Mr. Bungle. Well, it would have been after Fight No More because it wouldn't be getting Mr. Bungle on a big festival. Yeah, but before. the sound would have been of a similar ilk. Well, either way, they got, they got, uh, Mr. Bungle, you know, fucking, Bailed, bailed off that thing so Mr. Bungle went and did a gig where they all dressed up as members of Red Hot Chili Peppers I remember that they put the socks in their dicks and everything didn't they I don't know no, I don't know I think there's a photo of them with socks in yeah, their dicks yeah but, well. but the gig itself uh, Mike Patton starts to, they start singing Under the Bridge but he sings it in a drawn out heroin style where he makes like a lot of heroin in the arm so they just they kind of got them back in that way and like at the time I remember going oh hey Red Hot Chili Peppers and I watched that video I see Mr. Bungle and they're taking the piss and I, I still think it's funny not as funny as I thought it was like mm. fucking 15 years ago or 20 whatever like that years ago but um but you were only like 12 back then probably yeah something like that <laughs> shit yeah 
Sure. Yeah, let's be 12, 15 years I ago. was, yeah. Let's not have so a driver's yeah. license or anything like it. Yeah. <laughs> Mr. Bungle, Disco Volante is a tough and strange album, but California is a m- more um, croonery kind of, odd croonery thing. Also, the whole thing is recorded analog, which is why the right. vinyl sounds super. It's fucking incredible. Yeah. The vinyl of California. Uh, if you don't like Mr. Bungle's first album, it's, it can be a bit... It's like de- like Devo and I go boingo, just yeah. multiplied by a million and, t- and by young kids. Yeah, so they're they're trying to be talented um, young kids. I'll give ve- them that. Jesus, musically, absolutely incredibly talented. Actually, um, I'll give them that. Like, I'm pretty sure for Squeeze Me, Rack and Rowney, Mike Patton had to tell Trace Brands how to play the offbeat of the ska regular right? like because he couldn't get it because he was probably into good music. Mark, like, and then all of a sudden, some Mike Patton's the. the yeah, unfortunately, some ska. unfortunately, like two tone ska and stuff is is massively popular in America. We talked yeah. about this and, and California in the late eighties, so yeah. which is which was part of that as well. The very funk rock and all. So uh, let's move. I know you don't want to talk about more, Mr. Bungle. So who's your next one? Uh, I talk about another kind of garbagey band related to a garbagey band. Anyway, <laughs> uh, it's a band called the Bruisers, and the song is called Intimidation. It's actually not a bad song. It's grand. Um, it's punky punk. It's uh, the Bruisers would have been like the oi and street punk pioneers in America. Yeah. So they took what was happening in England and they kind of made their own version of it. Um, I'm belching here because I'm drinking fizzy beer. It's killing me. Fizzy beer is the best. Oh, it is the best. It's killing me. Uh, so, Bruisers released two albums. They would have been, not necessarily one of the, uh, they would have been one of the first kind of skinheads, anti-fascist, not bonehead kind of bands banging around the States. Uh, two albums. Uh, I think... One has a garbage name like Cruising for a Bruising. Oh, oh no, it's painful. I can't remember what the other one's called. Streets on Fire or some shit. I can't remember. Um, I, I, I don't hate them. They're, they're grand. They're fine. Most Oi music as a whole um, up until like 1992 I can deal with because it's just kind of pub rock with a distortion pedal and I'm all right with that. Yeah, I know. Just I know that kind of like sometimes to be an Oi rock punk song or whatever in a... <laughs> a certain pub we're yeah. drinking and it's fine and I'm asking you this, this, they're oiling but it's not hurting me yeah. what is this and you'll tell me that it's, yeah, it's, it's like from the 80s or something. yeah it's generally like these would have been massively influenced by like Coxbar and the business and stuff and those bands to be fair to them are huge bands are where huge bands and the business aren't really doing the rounds anymore because Mickey the singer died they're not doing um, the business they're not doing the business anymore Coxbar are still doing the rounds Coxbar would play like a big venue over here but in the States they would play a stadium that's how big they are really yeah, are fucking, they American no they're English I had a feeling, yeah. Cox Bar is a very English name. Huge. They're like they're almost wasted on Europe. Like they're huge over here. Mm. But the States, oh fucking hell. We're talking stadiums, you know. Um like Misfits level is what yeah. what like now Misfits level would It's be like probably Cox like Bar. the opposite of someone like Roy's against who's who's from the States, decently big in the States, but they come to Europe and obviously Do nothing. Yeah, no, they're, they're huge small. in Europe. Isn't oh yeah, yeah, sorry. Yeah, 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 yeah. Is it them I'm thinking of? Yeah, yeah, Royce against do Royce against do real well over here, but in America they're they're like a watered down version, of like Marine Rock. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's yeah, like they're not. It's like, like there's loads of bands that don't. We should do with podcasts and actually mm. bands that are not really well received at home. The first, I'll say this as well on a side note: the first uh, three Royce against albums are fucking spectacular. Yeah. They're, they're very, very good. But there is a lot of those bands, like you say, like that are just defined. <laughs> A market in a certain place. Usually, it's Germany that like, go oh, mad yeah, for a Germany, certain Germany, band, yeah. and because you could do one tour, tour in Germany, you, you could, could do a month in Germany. You no could live there. Yeah, exactly. Germany yeah. is just America too. Like the shops in Germany that only exist in America as well. You know what I mean? Right. The Trader Joe's and shit like yeah, that. It's, yeah, it's mad. But anyway, the the Bruisers were like the pioneers of that street punky oi style. Their singer was a guy called Albar. 
who went on to join the Dropkick Murphys. Yeah, the fourth singer. The four, he's the second singer. Second he's, he's singer, their current sorry. Singer. Yeah, right, right. So right. the fourth singer, um, fourth singer is a guy called Mike McColgan. And he was on all, the, they have a bunch of EPs um, before they released their first album. And the first album's called Do or Die. It's fucking amazing. If you, if you like Dropkick Murphys style now, then fuck you. Don't listen to it. But if you, <laughs> if you like just real kind of catchy, stupid, not no effects stupid, but kind of fun, kind of hard rocky punk stuff with mad choruses, that first Dropkick Murphys album with Mike McCulgan singing Do or Die is fucking fantastic. Ooh. Now, he left the band. Mike wanted to be a firefighter. Um, his whole family were firefighters. And he didn't think... He from like Boston time. or yeah, Philadelphia? All, all Boston, yeah, it's yeah. got to be that family thing. That's cool, uh, that's cool. Yeah, though. Be a firefighter is yeah. amazing. So um, he decided he wanted to follow in his family's footsteps because he'd, he'd done the band thing for years. They didn't play in Ireland with him. Shit like that, you know. Like They'd done tours, but it wasn't really working. It was just another punk band from America yeah. touring Europe and doing okay. First album comes out, does all right, it's fine. Um, so he decides, you know what, I've had enough of this, I'm going to knock it on the head, I'm going to be a firefighter. So they reach out to Albar, who was the singer for the Bruisers at the time, who had a, not necessarily a similar voice, but could, would fit in with the band. Because you have to understand, the Dropkick Murphys, well now, they're almost a parody of themselves. They they have that fucking shillelastic, fucking swinging, paddy wackery, fucking <laughs> uh, Irish punk Celtic punk thing I can't do that it. wasn't some of it is amazing but it's very hard to find yeah. um, at the beginning Dropping Morphys did not sound like this they yeah. did not they were just a punk band the lads were all kind of second tour fourth generation Irish they brought a little bit of that into it a little it. bit of it yeah. and you had stuff like fucking not, not illin pipes bagpipes and tartan yeah. and shit like they didn't know what they were they didn't even know what yeah. The, yeah it was just almost that's, uh, that's Irish isn't it yeah yeah there was, there no. was elements yeah. of this yeah. um, so they bring Al in they do a second album called The Gang's All Here and it's fucking super I do like that album it's, it's great pipe bomb pipe bomb what a it's a fucking monster you see that to me when I when I heard them Compared to what they sound like now, yeah, it's, it's a different animal. Such, such a different, different animal. Now, things obviously for he he joined Dropkick Murphys in 1998 after McCulgan fucks off. Um, so the first album he does is The Gang's All Here. <coughs> that starts doing kind of well, starts doing decent. Um, eventually, McCulgan years later, McCulgan decides he wants to get back into music. Right. So he forms a band called the Street Dogs, who turn out to be fucking huge as well. They are huge, yeah. yeah. So he gets another band together, and they stay in that first one or two Dropkick Murphys album kind of right. bracket, and it works really, really well. Because yeah, that's the name he they has. weren't like doing covers of the World no, Rover, yeah. none of that shit. None of that. None. Dirty um, Old Town. Dirty um, Old Town. Exactly. Street Dogs, Street Dogs are more like Boston Bruins hockey fighting music. I don't mind that shit. Yeah, and it's perfectly it's fine. fine. Yeah. Um, so obviously... Uh, the Bruisers Bruisers actually got back together again about a year ago for a couple of reunion shows and they I money's think nice isn't it well I don't know whether there's mad money in Bruisers uh, it could be I, just, I think they, they you know there's a way of going on a holiday with your mates oh yeah yeah I think and, that's and, and using that excuse to the the families they oh, decided to to lads, you know? I think they, they had, a, had a, a couple of gigs left in the States to do and I think they decided to do a little European they're doing a one stop I think they were going to go to the Netherlands and they were going to do just one once-off gig, a Bruiser's gig in the Netherlands. That's This is our European gig. If you like the band, you'll have like to come the, to us. You'll have to come to the Netherlands. Yeah. And someone in the, the booking agency or the venue dropped the ball, and I think it was cancelled like three or four days before. The, oh. the, like, there was murder over it. Um, Dropping Morphys obviously went on to do Shipping Up to Boston. 
that was on uh, their 2005 album, The Warriors Code, which is actually not bad. That to be brutally it's, honest, it's with you, very cringy. It's that, that, but that's not even really their song. That's I think a Woody Guthrie song. It's a poem. It, it's, yeah. The, it, no, like uh, I don't really mind that album hugely, but it's very cringy. I find <laughs> this is the album where it starts the torn. Yeah. You know what I mean? Before this, you've got a little bit of Irish malarkey going on, but it's not. Full blown. But didn't that movie link them to Irish? It was the, the, well, that song is after the Departed. That, the Departed, and that won an, uh, an Oscar, and it was an Academy Award winning soundtrack. I think that's their only platinum selling single. I think um, because after Did they get that, an Oscar for the song. I I know the movie won an Oscar. I think they might have won something. I don't know whether it was an Oscar or a Grammy. They won something. You can't win an Oscar for best song because yeah. Glenn Hansen obviously has one. I, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Right. I, I that was in my head. And then I went looking and I couldn't really find it. So I don't, I don't want to confirm or deny it. Um, someone else, again, look it up and put it on the fucking Facebook page. But yeah, he, he joined the job, Dropkick Murphys, and that's when Dropkicks got, start getting real big. Um, because the groundwork was put in, they'd already toured all over Europe, they'd already toured all over the world, and the new singer jumps in, everybody's fucking fresh. They only have pretty much one album and a couple of EPs where the stuff to cherry pick from, and then the world is their oyster to continue on writing new stuff. Was the new guy doing the old stuff? Yes. Of yeah, first, yeah, you have yeah. to. Yeah, there's stuff there, like Skinhead and the MBTA and uh, Four Star Karaoke. is probably Four Star Karaoke is probably the best Dropkick Murphys song that's out the first album. Um, and they still do that to this day. If you go and see them now, of all the fucking paddy cap wearing mutants that go and see drop, they're just mutants. They're the worst people. Generally, cops as a rule, cops. Yeah, and Europeans. Same wearing, difference. Wearing really. the braces and yeah, all. Yeah, the whole bang. Flannels uh, and braces and paddy caps. It's 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 like going to see ghosts. How did they find their Irish self in an American band? Well, like I said, they're all Mut- Irish immigrants. Mutants. No, no, no. I'm talking about how do Irish people find? Like we didn't have it. And there was nothing like that here. No, but how do now Irish people find? Like patriotism in Dropkick Murphys. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? They're coming like, oh, it's all Irish. I'm like, so no, are no, so are Irish bands, mate. No, the, the patriot. Here's the here's where Dropkick Murphys nailed it. The patriotism aspect of being Irish that's in the Dropkick Murphys is the fact that there's a band from like quote unquote the greatest country on earth. And this band are huge. Who are honouring and celebrating Irishness, mm. right? So Irish people get the turn around to. Foreign people go, look at these cunts aren't even from here and they love us. Yeah, you two are bigger though. Yeah, but in terms of like being Irish, like Paddy Wackery. Like, That's what you, I'm saying. Why do they have to find it in that? You two. You two no, like, what, like you fucking go, well, Luke think, Kelly or whatever, like oh, yeah, 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 uh, yeah, but the Dubliners. But that, there's a massive thing now at the moment. Uh, even tonight as we record this, Christy Moore is playing across the road from where we are Christy right now. Christy Moore is playing over yeah. in the Victor now, Street tonight. up until, this is real weird, up until about four years ago, you couldn't pay people to go and see Christy Moore. That's right, right. he was playing little tiny Doing little, little dives, the fucking pubs and fingless and all. All of a like, sudden, Damien uh, Dempsey. Damien Dempsey. Yeah. Is it him that Damian did it? Damien Dempsey. All you've got now. I was just taking it. I no, just, no but it is though, isn't it? Damien Dempsey turned every fucking cokehead doorbag in, in Dublin Dublin in particular into this fucking oh fucking fuck the Brits up the ra yeah. fucking Irish music turned them into this it's a night out now and he's good slapped. he's grand and I don't but, think he even ever like does but he's, one of, but he's one of them yeah, but, yeah okay he's one of them like they, they, yeah. they, everybody goes to see him looks like him yeah right? now to be fair they're not as big as him he's a fucking monstrous human being yeah he's and human. he seems killed but his fans sound, his fans are painful the worst they're, his the fans worst. are painful yeah. people um that's not to say they're all the fucking worst, but as a rule, he attracts this. Uh, 
Oh, listen, I'm working class. I'm from fucking a terrible area. I was born in a terrible area, and I was I was raised in a terrible area. I'm allowed to talk about them, right? So I'm you. from an area. From that, I'm, well. I'm from a kip, but, but yeah. I, I say it's the, it's a worse kip than it actually was. Yeah, but it still was pretty. Fucking I'm kippy. from a kip where like, stuff was on fire on on a daily basis, and so I'm allowed to say this. So it's people like well, the me. neighborhood next to me had stuff on fire. Yeah, girl, exactly. So. The, That's just as bad. It's people who are a couple of years younger than me who were never really into music. Yeah. It had this Irish gene awakened, awoke within them in the last couple of years. And but, it's they, but they it's, missed it, didn't they? They missed the point of it completely. The, but no, but they missed the times. Yeah, but that's what they're bringing. They're that's, drawing people out of the woodwork now. And I don't want to mention any new Irish band that are very big right now yeah, because yeah. I, I have a lot of time for them. Yeah. But they are almost creating this pastel, pastel fucking mm. just made up sort of... Rom- a, romantic yeah. idea of there's Ireland. A pastiche of fucking, pastiches in the world. I was looking yeah, for, not a, pastel. There's, there's a pastiche of like this kind of pistachio. Brendan Behan's fucking pub shit yeah. talk and fucking Lou Kelly's fucking throwing skipping stones across a river. But with idle like, kind of fucking music yeah. and fucking punky kind yeah. of. Yeah. However, that is for the people who <sighs> like who like kind of not necessarily chart music but think they're kind of alternative. Right? That's for them. Yeah. For your general lad who spends two hundred quid a weekend on a bag of coke. Yes. And points of Rockshaw. You have your demo Dempsey's, and now they're doing they're doing like Aslan are huge again. Yeah. Christy Moore is huge again. Like any of the Dublin legends gigs where they pull somebody out of retirement, John Sheehan, um, any of the boys from like the Dubliners, the fucking Wolfhounds, yeah. any of that type of stuff. You're getting lads wearing the fucking black leather jackets, the shorts, the kind of the the, the zero it's, fade haircut, it's mad. and a big pocket full of coke, big right? pocket full of shite coke. Exactly. Not that I, I think all coke shite. I'm not going to lie to you. Mm. Everyone I know probably does coke. I think it's a fucking mutant drug. It's a fucking personality for, replacement. It is a per- yeah, yeah. yeah. If, you, if you if if you don't know what to say when you're out with all your mates and you want to be funny, just do a lot of coke. Yeah. And even if the, even if you're not funny, you'll think you are. And start sweating and running around, having the best crack on, yeah. on our point. And uh, probably starting a fight over absolutely nothing for, for you're nothing. A sap. Yeah. Exactly. And start looking for the next house to keep the session going. Yeah, but there is. Uh, well, before, your before Mark Roy we... is at home, and your child goes hungry. <laughs> Um, anyway, that's the that's the bruisers. We went off. We just broke down Ireland's music scene at the moment. Yeah. But uh, you're, you're dead right that, that there's um there's a movement in Ireland at the moment where we are. It's great to a degree. But we're, what we're I'm trying to say is, and I really don't want to name check any bands because there's a couple of them that I do like the music of. But there's something niggling at me that it's not really real. It's definitely not real. And is this? Uh, do you know what it is? Do you remember? Do you know what these bands want to be like? They want to be like the photograph that you have in your kitchen of your dad and your uncle having a point in a little pub. Oh, yeah. They want to be that, but, the in, weird shape but, in, ass, but yeah. in music. Exactly. And they want to have the flared <laughs> sort of... <sighs> well, as a rule, you're talking about lads who would have been reasonably well educated. Oh, yeah. While the people they are trying to emulate and left take school from... Left at 10. Left school at 10 and worked at fish gutting factories or something, right? Yeah. Who actually had real life experience. So the guys in bands are trying to... They're trying to replace real life experience and real life kind of poetic with, tales with this it. romantic idea that yeah. they've never Garbage really lived talk. I didn't live that either because it would have no, been 60s, no, 70s actual, actual skill like, no but like it's, it's, know, 60s yeah. and 70s that's what they're trying even, to go for if even like you're talking about lads who would have came up at the end of fucking like th- that video that was being shared today about lads coming back from the war in France and you're like that, that's when all this is born when when the, the, the gates to Ireland are essentially opened you know you, yeah. you've got like planes from all over the world landing because it's the end of the war and there's people flying back home so there's people in Ireland and rural communities their, their eyes and ears are being opened to different cultures and that's the beginnings like you can go back forward at the Joyce and whatever but 
James Joyce. James Joyce. And they're hitting the accent real hard. They're going real hard. But that's that's an identity <laughs> crisis is what they It is. Because I a lot of the, I would have met a lot of the guys in those bands and they do not talk like that. No, they don't. Okay, they do not. So what happens I'm not, is... I'm really not trying to rag on them because I do... I don't want to be an Irish speaker. But, yeah, but, but all I'm saying is, there's this sort of uncanny valley with me where I'm looking at it as if you're a robot, looking at it like a robot, but it's real. You're like, but there's, they have an aesthetic and all their filters on their Facebook pages and their band pages have this uh, filter, yeah, yeah. this yeah. kind of a well, old school attempt. Polaroid filter. Yeah. It's their attempt at, uh, in, in industrial estates and stuff. Uh, yeah, but it's, it's, just, it's, it's how, weird, how you, man. How do you replicate reality when it's completely forged? It's weird. Yeah. So like, think about, go back to someone like the streets, right? Yeah. Did the, I can't remember his name from the streets. Mike, uh, Mike something or that. He, in real life, he Skinner. didn't, Mike Skinner, he, Mike Skinner. Yeah. in real life, he didn't really talk like Danny Dyer, but he rapped and sang like that on the record. Yeah. You know what I mean? So he's trying to put across, he, it's, it's front towards enemy with your cultural identity. Yeah. That's what it is. And it's, it, it, it's painful after a while, but people, you know what, at the same time, people like it, and who the fuck are we? That's what I'm trying to say, I'm not trying know? to rag on it, but I just had to get it out, out off my chest, that sometimes that new indie punk Irish thing is yeah. is, is making me feel slightly bit uncomfortable, and I can't figure out why, but Listen, it's the, not the, really real. Unfortunately, the best and worst thing that ever happened to this entire country was Blind Boy talking about mental health. Yeah. And that's related, like, it's great that it's being talked about. Yeah, of course. But it's also, it's, People's brains now have been opened to the idea of everything is because uh, he talks about art a lot as well. So uh, he his podcast is genuinely brilliant. I, I love his podcast every it's week. Brilliant. I listen to it and Bert Nars one hundred percent. You see, you know the Patreons he has. <laughs> fucking fair play to him. live in that? His stuff too. is good. Fucking <laughs> but great. Content. What he's doing is he's opened up these floodgates for people's um, for people who don't know anything about anything. Not all of them, Jesus Christ, not all no. of them. But he's opened up these floodgates for people who never really had an interest in anything to hear someone who's essentially the voice of Ireland at the moment. Yeah. Right? And I, I think it's great. But Him especially, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm really happy find, with that. There's a syndrome where you'll get people who listen to, uh, over here in particular, people who listen to Blind Boy and people who listen to Joe Rogan, and all they do is repeat the things they heard in those podcasts. In pubs. Uh, oh, yeah. you hear, there you hear the message. Nightly, nightly. Still a million times better than people <coughs> quoting Jordan Peterson, but... Yeah. But that's what happens. It becomes this parroting syndrome. Yeah. And it's great that he's talking about it, yeah. but people aren't actually taking an interest yeah, in it because if you, and learning if you, their if own thing. If you ask him more about it, he'll, he'll tell you everything down mm. to the detail about it. But I know what you're saying. You're hearing just things like, and it's great to get openly talk about mental health, but I do find that mental health exists, talk about mental health exists mostly online for likes at the moment. Absolutely. And I hate to say that, but it does. It's fact. Anyway, let's move on. Let's talk about music. Yeah. Do you like the music? I it, Who's do your you next do, music? Do you like music? Yeah. Uh, the band Phantom. Do you remember Phantom Planet? I don't. Especially the name rings a bell though. Kind of, but I don't. We're going back. Issues. We're going back to California. Really? California. All right. Cal, Cal. You know, little Cal. Yeah. Comes up. Another song, yeah. California from yeah. the OC. I do. That band, 2001. That yeah, that's Phantom Planet. Okay. Um, this band are the front. The, everyone knows the OC. The American TV show about high school with the main lead actor that looked about 40. Yeah, but it's not the one he was meant to be like rough around the edges. Yeah, he came. And he, gets he was basically like the white prince, of, fresh prince of Bel Air. The white the prince of Bel Air. So he came, like, he came and lived with the auntie and he was like, kind of troubled teen and he became a mechanic or something like that. And Wait, he, this is the second week in a row with Fresh Prince of Bel Air has been brought up as well. Yeah, we'll, we think we should keep that on a row. We haven't talked about Noel Rodgers and Sheik for a while, so oh, we have to. Bottle <laughs> opener, you ready? <laughs> That's boss. Trip, 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 trip. That's boss. 
Uh, a lot of people will know that song from the OC. It was yeah. absolutely massive. But the rest of the band bar the drummer. No idea or no care. But who is the drummer from Phantom Planet? Oh, no idea. It's only the actor Jason Schwartzman. Fuck off. No. Rushmore. He, you see, right. So he was in Rushmore in 1998. And that was Wes Anderson's. Apart from Bottle Rocket, I think it was the first one, like independent. Rushmore yeah. was the first big enough movie by Wes Anderson in 1998. It had Bill Murray in it. And, I, and Rushmore is a great film. And it has Jason Schwartzman yeah. as the little beret wearing little dude. Yeah. You know that dude. Yeah, yeah, I know the dude. Uh, great actor. Um, yeah, yeah, he's yeah, he's good uh, writer as well. Actually, something I watched recently. He's um he's in he basically in 1998 he when Wes Anderson wasn't even really that famous he yeah. was in that and they are now like linked so he's been in like Darjeeling Limited uh, and I think he's in like uh, he's in loads of Wes Anderson movies that Hotel something whatever it's called I don't think he's in that I don't I'm not 100% sure but he's in, he's been in stuff but in 2001 he was still in there playing this and I went back to watch a video thinking like Jason Schwartzman is a very kind of unusual actor he's a very kind of dry sort of subtle yeah very funny his t- comic timing is brilliant and mm. he's he's perfectly awkward in the roles he wants and I was like I wonder what kind of drummer he'd be the rest of the band are all dour and California mm. he's up there doing the full arm swings on really? very basic drum bits and he's like giving it loud and I was like I never knew Jason Schwartzman was the fucking drummer from that, Phantom Planet California that's fucking mad and uh, so obviously he left. He left the band in two thousand and two after that big song. They were like they were huge at the time, getting like you know gigs everywhere because they were presumably up for awards for that California song. It's in mm. it's in one of the biggest TV shows uh, around. But he is getting good roles under Wes Anderson, and uh, I think he's in. Um, I heard Huckabees, which is a fucking yeah. brilliant film as well. With um, Mark yeah, in, I'm actually just looking him up. He's in Oil of Dogs. Co-wrote Oil of Dogs. He's a good Wes writer Anderson. as well. That, that's a great little film. So this is an example the of... The Poker King. That's what I Yeah. Know. Yeah, that's the last thing I watched here. Yeah. yeah. This is the fact that he became far more famous than Phantom Planet. There has to be a load of fucking royalties involved in that song, though. Oh, he... He's, yeah, he's doing all right. Yeah, Bob about that song. Well, I don't know. Maybe not now, Songwriter and drummer are two very different things. I don't know. It depends on... Generally, bands that are that size will just split it for Either or. He's, he's a Hollywood writer now, which is more money than, yeah. than music, I would imagine. Depending Do you reckon on, he has more money in his pocket right now than I have? I reckon in his pocket Unless right now, bed. if you go buy all the bags of Hollywood cocaine, you'll find... A, I have a 18 euro in my pocket right now. Do you? Yeah. It's quite a lot for... Sorry, isn't it? No, I have 20. I spent, I spent a lot today because I, I went to see a certain football team win the, oh, yeah. the footballs. Also, come here. Um, no, I'll let you finish your story. Go. Um, I don't really have much more to say. Listen, everyone knows the, the rest of the story about... Uh, he uh, He was in a TV show uh, called Bored to Death with Ted Danson, which is a really good... Mm. I think it's not someone with Ted Danson. Yeah, uh, where he plays... Um, I think a kind of private detective. Jesus, I really hope I'm right about that because I watched it years ago and can't remember a fucking thing about it. I have actually a lot of time for Jason Schwartzman. He comes across as a little... He's, he balances the line between annoying and awkward and slightly funny. Yeah. But he's almost a little bit like an entitled kid in some of his stuff. But, uh, ah, listen, I like Schwartzman. He's grand. And uh, I like him a lot more than that garbage band Phantom Planet. So, uh, what were you going to say? I just wanted to say uh, thank you to everybody who sent messages in about my itchy nipples. Yeah. A bunch of people got on to me. A lot more than my prostate. Yeah, true, true. Um, Which I, I presume is fine. Uh, we're just talking to the fact that not a lot of pissing for me tonight. Pretty good, pretty good. We see, I, I, I forgot, I drink a fuck ton of water during the day. Yeah. Um, I still can't believe that a good 
5% of the overall content on this podcast has been dedicated to you taking slashes and uh, now my itchy nipples. Yeah, I'm surprised certain other comments about certain pills you took when... No, actually there was one, there was one comment. <laughs> there was one comment about dick pills. Um, ah, okay. Not gonna laugh one, one. Uh, it's pretty good though. Um, <laughs> Jesus Christ. Um, yeah, thank you for uh, your recommendations on moisturising creams. Apparently I found out that... Uh, Mothers who breastfeed their nipples like crack in half and all, and there's a special cream for that. Were you breastfeeding your little dogs I or was, pigeons? I was, I was. And your uh, pigeons? Yeah, and the rabbits. The rabbits, you letting pigeons, them, rabbits, and were you dogs. letting them suckle house. on the breast of, of course, gar? Yeah. Give them probably, the good stuff, man. That's uh, Give them the good That's what do you think they're better? <laughs> what do you think they're better? So I have two pigeons at the moment. One I found underneath the one, You've only one nipple, though. I do, have <laughs> one left. Only one left. Um, yeah, I found a pigeon under a, under, a, under a railway bridge and I put it in my pocket and brought it home when it was a baby. Um, her name is G.I. Jane and then I found another pigeon who was being attacked by a baddie pigeon in my backyard and I called him Smaug like the dragon because he used to sit on the board seat and not let anybody else near it but that's because he was fucked and dying so he's living out his uh, his last days now as a gargoyle he's, he's a fucking <laughs> I had to separate them because uh, Jane hurt our wing and Smaug was being a prick and he was attacking Jane even though he's the one that was getting attacked in the first place yeah I saved him I had to kick a baddie pigeon in the head it was fine it flew away like it was grand I literally had to do you know what you could have came in at the wrong time maybe Smaug was attacking him the other no, pigeon, pigeon went you know Smaug what I've shy. had enough of this guy yeah, turn around shy. and start attacking maybe they you, tried to break each other's wings maybe you that's what they, they did yeah they jump on they, when, when pigeons are in distress they flap out their wings to try and hold themselves up because um, they generally tend to fall forward and uh, the other pigeons jump on their wings to try and snap them. It's really easy to break their wings. Oh. Yeah, it's fucking manky. With their horrible little feet. With their, their really warm pigeons' feet. You'd expect them to be freezing cold, wouldn't you? Well, the ones that you see in town, their feet are maggoty. Yeah, the, the, the geeknas. Yeah, Geeknaf, the geeknas call them, yeah. Um, they could be all fucked up. Crust claw. They get, see, they're landing on barbed wire and getting fucked up and all. Ah. Uh, both my pigeons are in great nick at the moment. <laughs> and uh, But they don't like each other. They have to be separated. It's actually, it's a full-time job. You have to give them hot water bottles like two or three times a day. Really? Yeah, because they're not flying around. So I'm waiting for them to get better so we can release them, you know? Yeah. Uh, smell like doubt. Do they ever like look that. back as they're flying away and turn around and go, Daddy, thank Mm-mm. you. No, something like that. They swing digs at you. Pigeons, uh, they're actually able to give like hooks with their wings. That's how they fight you. So if you've got to like lift one of them out with their cage or whatever, they throw digs at you with their wings. Whamp! Start swinging at I you. I thought they would have bitten or pecked. No, they package it, but it doesn't hurt. They have no strength really oh, in the head. Anyway, music, eh? Who is your Spe- next one? And my next one, speaking of boards, is a band called Exotic Boards. Oh, I know this band. Yes. I, I had them on my uh, list, but yeah. I, didn't, I didn't think I could find them, but I, now I realise I did find them. found them. I yeah. found them. It was, it was difficult. Uh, I looked at the gear and went, no, that's not them. Uh, then I realised it was a re-release, presumably. Yes, it's a re-release. Um, so, Exotic Boards were from Cleveland, Ohio, and they, they existed from 1982 to 1991. Uh, this song is called This Feeling. It's okay, it's fine. It's very well, poppy, yeah. Yeah, they're, they're kind of... Um, when they were doing the rounds, they would have supported bands like Culture Club and stuff like that. Um, in the States. Do you really want, want to? to? Yeah, yeah. Um, so they're a sim pop band. They were formed originally by a guy called Andy Kubazeski. What a name. Good so man. he's obviously Polish. Uh, Kubazeski. You're getting good at this Polish stuff. Am I? And uh, eventually, believe it or not, he joined Stabbing Westward. I have a lot. Really? Yeah. I have a lot of time for Stabbing yeah. Westward. Westford? Westford. Stabbing uh, Westworld. I think Stabbing Westward are a very underrated uh, industrial slash Poppy rock. Well, industrial rock. But mainstream industrial rock bands. Um, so it's it's interesting. So th- there seem to be there seems to be a couple of incarnations of this band. So there's 
Kubazeski is the is the main guy. Andy, I'm just gonna call him Andy. Yeah, right. So he's the main main dude. It's his band. Uh, he, he, like I said, he went on to join Stabbing Westwood. He also he also played with um, They're There for a long time. Really? And he played with Crowded House for a while as well. That is three bands you would never link together. Never, ever. They're There and Stabbing Westwood at a push. Yeah. Because they're kind of dark Crowded sounds. fucking house, yeah. Well, crowded house. Yeah. Holy um, shit. And this is where the link comes together, is that about a year, within a year of them releasing their first EP, they decided they needed to kind of expand their sound because they were originally a three-piece and they wanted to expand it a little yeah. bit. And they bring in, bring in a, a little-known local musician by the name of Trent Reznor. Trinity Reznor. That's his yeah. real name, isn't it? Trent Reznor, yeah. It's a great name. So they bring him in. His name sounds industrial. Yeah, it does. It's Trent Reznor. Yeah. Robots in disguise. It yeah. sounds like a, uh, an industrial plug-in for a fucking synth. Yeah, absolutely. Trent Reznor. Um, so they bring him in on keyboards and back and vocals and doing a bit of programming. And uh, it doesn't really... They, they last until 1991. He's there singing about fucking you like an animal and all. What are you on? Now, he only lasts for a little while before he decides to knock it on the head. But he maintains a very, very good relationship with yeah. the guys. So, uh, Andy Zabeski... Here's the thing about Exotic Boards. It was almost an art project more than a music band. Yeah. Okay, so Andy played drums in the band. Okay. And so, eventually, because they're all mates and this type of bollocks... One of the guys from one of the guys goes on to join Nine Inch Nails when Trent forms it. That's cool. Um, I can't remember his fucking name. I think he might have been the bassist or one of the guitarists. But he was the guitarist in Exotic Boards. He brings him in to join his stage version of Nine Inch Nails. Um, Andy Zabeski, the guy who created Exotic Boards, he gets him him in to do drums on the Downward Spiral eventually. So he actually plays on Downward Spiral as well. Now in uh, they end up completely and utterly. Uh, Trent joined in 1985 they break up completely in 1998 I think early 1998 88 surely sorry 1988 I was like yeah that's not definitely not true I did that 98-88-88-88-88-88-88-88-88-88-88-88-88-88-88-88-88-88-88-88-88-88-88-88-88-88-88-88-88-88-88-88-88-88-88-88-88-88-88-88-88-88-88-88-88-88-88-88-88-88-
and they showed footage of a gig they were playing and he was front and centre on the keyboard yeah. it's Trent Reznor you can't miss that fucking head yeah. right looks like somebody drew it it's yeah. just stupid with, sh- with real sharp markers just exactly yeah. and that would have been back in the day when it, like three quarters of his face was just nose yeah. you know what I mean and, jo- and chin and, exactly so you can tell you can spot him a mile away so once I seen that I was like holy shit Like this is actually real because when you go on even if you go onto that Wikipedia page there's fucking no details on anything you know and if you go look on Trent Reznor exotic boards you'll find like was in the band called exotic boards that's all you get and it's, you didn't find the music as well yeah, yeah so I got lucky I was able to find one of these songs and it's on some fucking compilation or some shit or maybe there's an EP up there online I like so, I said yeah. I'm not sure if Trent played on this but this is the band he did play in eventually mm. um, so that's exotic boards um, gave birth to Trent Reznor which gave birth to Nine Inch Nails and he kept the connection between Nine Inch Nails and exotic boards yeah. kind of forever onwards who's your next one the band is Sister, and the song I think is called Hip Hop. This is, before you go any further, I had this on my list, and this is exactly the song I picked. I went through it's that close. album. Yeah, I went through that, that fucking album, yeah. and I was like, no, 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 no. 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 Ooh, Ooh, that's a good now? song. That's all right, yeah. It is a good song, I, yeah. It's the exact song I had on my little rough yeah. playlist. Because I listened one. to the rest, and it's not even the biggest song, but they no. had a bigger, way bigger yeah. song with like this is two million listeners decent, or whatever. Yeah. Like, but this was the one where I went, ooh. So we do listen to what we're uh, yep. sticking on. Um, this is Missy Elliott's first band. Yep. It's very easy to do this with rap. That's why I wanted to stay away from rap. It's too easy. Mm. Every famous rapper was in a, a sort of troop, yeah. group, camp, yeah. crew. Exactly. I'm trying to think of a cool word. Yeah, because even... I'm I, very I was, white, though. I was going to do... Uh, I'm painfully white. I was going to do Wu-Tang for this, because Wu-Tang originally was the three cousins. It was uh, Rizza, Jizza, and Old Dirty Bastard. They're all cousins. Right. And they had a little group together, but it doesn't exist online. Yeah. The, the stuff just doesn't There's so many great bands we could have had on this. Yeah. And people go, wouldn't you mention this? I'll tell you what, say that, and then go look for it on Spotify. Yeah. And also, I'm going to be brutally honest with you, if you come back to these these playlists in six months' time, a lot of these songs could be gone. Gone, you, absolutely you, gone. Yeah, you might have to just but, yeah. YouTube them. You know, they didn't. They didn't. Take they didn't it. keep paying their uh, fucking yeah. royalty oh, fees or whatever the fuck it is. Or yeah. keeping on for reasons of whatever. Because a lot of these legal from, legal shit, yeah, whatever. Yeah. A lot of these songs are coming from compilations, absolutely, yeah. and they're tiny record yeah. labels. You know that aren't going to see any money. Yeah. One thing that I, I did find out about this because I was about to dump this off the list as an absolute no info on it at all, but um, she got her neighbourhood me into produce the early demos for his sister. Mm. And his name is Timothy Mosley. Tim Dog? Timberland. Timberland. Ah, all right. Timberland. So he's been with her from the get-go. Back that's, in the early great. 90s, they were best mates. That's now, deadly. Jodeci had this little thing where they got all the artists from their label to work. I think they all lived together in New York. There was a gaff of about 20 of them all writing stuff and they were passing bits and bobs yeah. to each other. I think that crew was called the uh, Swing Mob. Because right, it was the brand new being movement as well in uh, what would have been in New York as well would have been happening at a similar time, which would have been very yeah. Basically, uh, they, they they just were all writing a yeah, lot of stuff together, yeah. hand off, go listen, this isn't for me. You to use this. Yeah, Outcast would have and, been the same. They yeah. had that, that house in yeah. Atlanta where it was the, just the dungeon. Yeah, yeah, the dirt floor, dirt floor. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and um, Timbaland was obviously the one like doing his best to make all the beats and stuff like that. And another person in um, that was someone called Magoo. Have you ever heard of Magoo? It rings a bell, but I couldn't. I couldn't pull it. And I, I, I only put it down there and play it. Play doesn't them. ring a bell. But the other one that did ring a bell is genuine. Was with them. Oh as yeah, well. really? Yeah. So they're part of the swing mob. They're all helping write each other stuff as well before they went on. Now, after the swing mob fucked off, and they realised that we're just going to narrow this down to the people who are very good, and Jodeci were obviously incredibly big. Mm. 
But these guys went on to form a, a musical collective called the Super Friends, <laughs> which is <laughs> wow, four star Super man. Friends. Yeah. I hate Spider-Man. that. I hate that. Yeah. Uh, I hate that way. So uh, Miss Yelia and Timbaland, especially sometimes genuine as well, were formed a writing and production group. Okay, so they were writing stuff for other people as well, like that. So the band sister are like. They're not any better than stuff like early TLC or, or like salt that. and it's pepper just, or something. Yeah, it's, it's the just, same thing. It's very, show, yeah. you know, what? it's charming enough. Like it's, yeah. it's. They're wearing the big jackets on the cover, and you know, yeah. like it's, it's a. Uh, they're sitting on stoops, yeah, stoops and stuff like that. And they're, it's, it's cool, man. It's yeah. really cool that they got that shit going. Standard early just a, stuff, a bunch yeah. of uh, like mates and stuff like that. Yeah, so that is literally where all of the info I could get off that. I mean, we're going to talking about how big Missy Elliott got and how big Timbaland and Genuine got. Yeah, um, I think people know that. One weird thing, I, 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 that song Genuine Pony, I love it. Mm. I love that song, but I got the lyrics wrong. I thought it was, you want it, let's do it. It's, I'm horny, <laughs> let's do it. And someone goes, no, I was singing it. And they were like, that's not the lyrics. I was, I was like, I like you better. want it. Let, I was singing like the fucking family friendly version. Yeah, maybe exactly. maybe I was singing the radio friendly. Yeah. Like, you could no, have been. It's, it's my, I'm horny, let's do it. I was like, you could have been. stupid lyric. You absolutely could have been getting the radio. Just the radio. With, and I think I'll go back to that because I don't want any song that starts, I'm horny. Yeah. I'm horny. Horny, <laughs> horny, horny. Yeah, <laughs> uh, let's move off, sister, because right. that's all I have. We all know the rest of, the rest of this deal. Yep. Missy Ellie goes on to have a savage career. She's fucking brilliant. Uh, who's your next one? Uh, the Oily. Uh, is it Oisley or Oily? The Oisley Brothers. It's the Oisley Brothers. It's, it's, whenever I see an S and an L together, I never This is sure. the bit that's getting me. They're famous. Mad famous, yeah. So you're putting these on the list as pre-fame. Yeah. Right, okay. So the Oisley Brothers, uh, 1954 until now, they're still going. I think originally there was six of them. There's two left. All brothers, though? All brothers. No way. Yeah. The, the, the absolute horror stories of like how them boys died Ooh. is grim. Right, they just picked off like uh, car accidents, like the cancer, the everything. Right, like the so there's, Kennedy's. there's two of them left. They started off as this weird kind of gospel do up group, mm. and eventually moved into this. Uh, this would mean not necessarily pre Motown because they weren't a Motown band until later, and um, but they found a way of mixing their gospel and do up into this kind of uh, what they call the Chitlin Circuit kind of pop scene, right. Um, six of them in total. I think there might have been four or five brothers at the start and one other guy. I can't They were remember. making new babies. Yeah. So they're originally from Cincinnati, <laughs> Ohio, and they moved to New York for a label. Um, now, in 1964, they meet this fella at a club. And uh, meet this lad at a pub, sorry, a club, who was playing with another band who were just a nothing band. I think the band might have been called the King Casuals, I'm not sure. The the history is very loose because nobody really tracked it properly. But this fella's name is Jimi Hendrix. So Jimi Hendrix joins... Go away. Go away. Go away from me. Yeah, he joins the Osley Brothers. Now, he's not with them for long. Jimi Hendrix was in the Osley Brothers. Brothers. Yeah, he was in the Osley Brothers for a while. Um, He had this weird on and off relationship with them. He'd done one big run with them. Where he was paid thirty dollars a night, which apparently was a lot of money back then. Yeah. However, he kept getting fined. Gig, Jimmy. Um, he kept getting fined five dollars per gig because he wouldn't stick to the uniform. Those people had the very much suit, yeah, do what you kind of feel. Where one them. guy slides out for yeah. a solo vocal, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And because Jimmy, and everyone screams, "Yeah, I love that!" It's always the little fella. Oh, yeah. I love him. But Jimmy had this um, 
Jimmy had this uh, style, obviously, of guitar playing. He was shit hot back then, even. Um, he was kind of in demand, but nobody knew what to do with him because he was wearing all the flower power gear. Right. Right. He had all the chains and the cuffs and the dangly fucking shorts and cravats and stuff. And he, he wanted to wear that gear. Yeah. So he was trying to do this amalgamation of the Isley Brothers fucking their suits and some hippie in the band kind of yeah boy he's a good guitarist exactly but that, that's how they got him in the end it is hard to you know what? I'll say this a bit and you probably know this as well if you've ever been in a band with an amazing musician who dresses like he just came out of work oh yeah and you're desperately going man I'm not I'm not I swear to god I'm in a rock band I'm not trying to tell you how to market yourself yeah. but you're coming out dressed in like brown shoes and yeah, jeans and slacks and slacks and, and slacks an ACDC t-shirt that's and you're deadly yeah. but it looks weird yeah. you don't look like you're not like you, <laughs> you don't look like you, you don't look like you don't care man you know what yeah. I mean you have to look like you don't care to be but in a band you look too much like you don't care yeah. you look like you are just you're in rehearsals yeah and this sounds weird, right? Because yeah. I don't have a particular, like, well, I was about to say, I don't have a particular look for when I'm on stage, but anyone that knows me yeah. uh, knows I actually kind of have to. But um, apart from that, if I was if playing regular stuff, I'll just jeans, just as dark as clothes as you can or whatever like that. But I've often been in bands where I just turn up and wearing like green and silver Asics runners. And I'm like, yes, lad, <laughs> lad, what are you at? What are you doing? I'm not. I don't have a, an idea of what this band should look like. Yeah. I just know that you're standing now like a sore fucking thumb. And I'd say everyone that's been in the band knows exactly what I'm talking about oh, yeah. right now. Yeah. It's either stop hurting. It's either the bassist or the shit hot guitarist. Yeah. The, the like most the generally, shit. generally the most talented lad in the band is the fucking maddest looking bastard. Just the shit. Yeah. yeah. yeah and he's yeah. wearing just old torn t-shirts horror is you can't really say anything it's always the fucker it's always the lads that like <laughs> it's always the lads who like have to put the effort in it's like right I've got the <laughs> best the best hard case for my guitar and I've got this pedal that pedal and my planet waves cables that cost 40 quid each yeah. or whatever and the lad who's mad talented shows up with like a shit guitar in a black bag <laughs> Over the shoulder, <laughs> yeah. just walks in. It's raining out. Your guitar is ripping. I'll be grand. Uh, goes over to the support by the other bands. Like, listen, can we borrow a tune and pedal and, and, and a cable? Black, and a black. picks on you, have you? Can yeah. I get a little that? Yeah. And, and then, string and E string. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and starts playing and fucking ruins everybody. Yeah. With, with, with 2,000 euro worth of gear, everybody has their fucking proper in ear monitors and all. This, this prick can only afford half a point of fucking Stella Artois. Yeah. And he's playing on the guitarist Ma Bottom for his 13th birthday. And he's murderous. And he's wearing. Murderous. He's wearing a, like because he cycled in, he's wearing the lycra things, yeah. with shorts yeah. over them, red, red shorts yeah. over light blue lycra, yeah, me and a pair of glow in the dark gola runners or something <laughs> with the clickers on them for the bike. Yeah, this yeah. person exists in, yeah. in most in bands. In just I've been in. That's yeah. how all bands start. Yeah. Everybody has a band like that. Everybody <laughs> has a lad in a band like that. But anyway, he joins the Oisley Brothers. Um, just as a, as a, a Jimmy had been banging around as a session musician for a while. Um, he was living in Nashville and he kind of got the someone said listen there's no money to be made for people like you in Nashville playing this type of music you need to go to New York City and this coincided with the Isley Brothers moving from Cincinnati to New York chasing a record deal Yeah. Um, eventually they ended up starting their own record label called T-Neck Records so it was around this time Jimmy joins them Jimmy records three songs two of them are singles one of them I think is an album track he records a song called Testify which is the song that you'll hear on this playlist um, you'll see parts one and two, because it's kind of a two-parter. But the song is called Testify. He records a song called Move On Over and Let Me Dance. Um, both of those are singles. Both of those do not chart. They do right. nothing. So after a while, Jimmy's like, listen, 30 quid, and then I'm getting fined a fiver for wearing me jingle jangles. Yeah. 
me purple trousers. Um, it's not really worth it. <laughs> Uh, he recorded another song called Have You Ever Been Disappointed which I, I've, I've never heard I need to go looking that's for it that's a great name for a song yeah Have You Ever Been Disappointed um, around this time he starts kind of jumping from band to band and he ends up playing with Little Richard for a while he, he plays with King Curtis um, so Little just, Richard is a fucking just, rough person to play I'd say with. so yeah um, so he's, he's kind of jumping from band to band he's doing a few live gigs he's doing a few bits and pieces um, it's around this time where he starts leaving the Isley Brothers and playing with other bands that the whole concept behind the Jimi Hendrix experience is born. He meets a guy in a record label who says, listen, I can give you a few quid to go into a studio and just bang out some songs for me because it sounds like you can really, really fucking play and it sounds like you've got great ideas for songs. So this is the birth of, after the OSD Brothers, I think within maybe three years of him flopping from band to band, um, he ends up doing fucking this thing uh, like I said 1963 he was in Nashville and he ends up going to New York not long after this but a yeah. year after being in Nashville he goes to New York meets the Isley Brothers but he's recommended to them by some club promoter I think who heard him play and apparently he's when they're trying to find new artists and like hang on he's such a musician but, you ha- you have but to he remember, writes as well yeah you have to remember in the 60s there's a fucking there's like a land grab for musicians yeah right so Everybody's after the next big thing. Yeah. And it all comes from word of mouth. There's obviously, there's no internet, there's no fax machines, there's nothing. Mm. You know, there's a, a shit telephone and there's word of mouth. Yeah, and music is being bought and just... By music is just... The, just the production yeah, is, has gone, up, gone yeah. up so much. Now, what, 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 what kind of fucks... Not fucks with it, but what's weird and kind of terrible at the same time is that I think within six months of Jimmy leaving the Isley Brothers, they signed to uh, Motown and start doing well. Yeah. Just after he fucks off, you know. Uh, but yeah, he... Uh, that, that's... There's a whole history. Entire books have been written about the prehistory of uh, the Jimi Hendrix experience, just yeah. because he was such a journeyman. Yeah, no, I knew he'd been in a couple of bands, but I didn't know any of them were like the Isley Brothers. Band. Yeah, Isley Brothers and Little Some Richard. Some like, Yeah, yeah. So I would have covered that. Yeah, exactly. So th- they would have been the two biggest that he messed with. Now there was a bunch more of them that he kind of dipped in and out of. Are you having a glug glug glug? Yeah, but get it. Oh. That's the sound of bloody just beautifulness. <laughs> so good. Did you hear the crackle? <laughs> uh, yeah, th- that's all I can tell you because look, th- th- there have been books written on this. The timeline is real. You've funky. obviously read all the books for this research, though. I actually read a shitload about this. Did this you? is yeah, this one kind of hurt to be honest with you because you're trying to you're putting timelines together for somebody who nobody was actually watching at the time. It's yeah, really difficult. You of know course, because I mean? yeah, the, yeah the, otherwise they have to come. No one. W- they're doing, they're doing interviews, which, first of all, loads of them have been lost back then. But they're not really asking them, Jimmy, what did you do before Who's this? Who's this fella? What did you, no, what yeah. did you do before this? They're going, yeah, they what did care. you do now? So yeah. what you could There's do is you could read Jimi Hendrix's book, like books. I have, read, I have read two Jimi Hendrix oh, did you watch the movie? biographies. Oh, wait, you're Matt Mailcast. Andre? Andre? No. Yes. No, I couldn't do it. Did that they not? filmed here in Dublin. Did they film it here in they Dublin? They filmed it. It's in The Rage. They, there's a record store he goes into that's The Rage on Facebook. No way. Yep, yep. Um, the funny part about that film is, is uh, they couldn't get the license for Jimmy Hendrix's music. music. Yeah. And uh, although I will say this, same with the Morrissey one. I will say this: they weren't afraid to show that he uh, was a violent bastard. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, listen, it's the sixties. That doesn't excuse it. Doesn't excuse it at all. But we talked, we talked a couple of weeks ago about Chuck Berry. Well, you know what? We, I was going to say, but you, to- could, but you could, honestly, God, I was trying to explain this to somebody today. You could take the take that entire podcast that we talked about with like Chuck Berry and you know, just being a scumbag and blah blah blah, and just replace the words Chuck Berry with Elvis Presley, and you won't be too far wrong. Yeah, we but we are we, soon enough. We'll do 
a podcast that's actually about music and not how much of a cunt these people are. <laughs> Fuck it, this is the way it works. Yeah. Anyway, that was Jimi Hendrix uh, with the Osley Brothers. Who's your next one? My next one is a band called Green River. Mm. The song is Forever Means from the album uh, Rehab Doll, 1988 Sub Pop. Yeah. So it's just before grunge. Delicious Sub Pop. Exploded. Delicious, delicious Sub Pop. Delicious Sub Pop who... With their just uh, nailing what, it. What's their biggest album? Obviously Nirvana. Yeah, uh, Bleach. Bleach. Yeah, where they that's, actually that's they took that money from Geffen and just like let's be a real record label yeah yeah, yeah. so this is sort of the pro-o grunge band realistically well maybe you, could, you could argue it's more love bone as well to be honest with you that but so but these these pre, precursors to all that really um, I must say we were when we were talking about doing this podcast this is one of the bands we, we kind of half talked about mm. and um I did find out recently that this album has been reissued. This year, actually? Yeah, because yeah. I, I was in... Um, I'll scratch that off my note there, Gar. Okay. I'm no, 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 that's, that's all right. I'm only joking. But I was in the... I was but it's in, been, I think it's been remastered as well, yeah, so it sounds in, a bit... I was in um, Freeboard Records last week looking yeah. for uh, looking for a few bits and pieces, and I went into one of the, the kind of bins, not bins, but the buckets I throw on the ground because there's no room at the, the kind of hip height yokes, yeah. and I was flicking, and I came across this. I was like, holy shit. Literally, I didn't know it'd been reissued. Yeah, and because we've been talking, I think it's only uh, it. possibly May or later. Very, I, I'm, I'm going to grab it in a week or two. I think. Yeah, I, I, tell I, me about this because I'm interested. I, I'm interested. So, um, let's go into the members, right? Yeah. So this is a, just Seattle, Washington, '84. This band starts up, and they aren't very well known outside people who dig really deep into the grunge scene I have to be honest with you people think like Temple of the Dog and Mother Love Bone is as, as deep as you can go but this is this is earlier and deeper so the band members are Jeff Ament obviously from Pearl Jam mm. uh, Stone, Goss, Stone Gossard from Pearl Jam Mother Love Bone and Temple of the Dog Jeff Ament was as well but then you've got two other members Mark Arm and Steve Turner who were went on to be in Mudhoney so that's kind of two huge bands that came from this band if you that's even if you don't count Mother Love Bone and Temple of the Dog, yeah. but st- realistically, Mud Honey and Temple of the Dog bigger than Mud Honey? No, 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 they're not. One, the Temple of the Dog is more of a project. So anyway, you've got, these, you've got these, you've got these two sort of. Well, at the time they weren't two forces within the band. But that's that's how it ended up. So Ament and Gossard wanted to pursue major label deals, whereas. Arm and uh, Turner from Mudhoney Arm and Hammer uh, later were, were absolutely against all that and it came to a bit of a head when um, they set up a really big gig and they left it up to uh, Ament and Gossard to invite everybody in and sort it out they didn't invite any of their friends or any of that they just put record label people into all the seats and all that like to come and see them and the other two lads whether it's become Mudhoney were like "Is our fucking dickheads it's literally what we asked you not to do we don't want we don't want major label interest, and we said that. So they decided to leave the band, but they said they will finish off Rehab Doll, which is the the big sort of well-known yeah. album from uh, Green River. This album's all right. I mean, I wouldn't go out and buy it, personally. It's very rough and, and stuff like that. Yeah. Even with the, I, think, I think it's remastered. I'm pretty sure. Wait, wait, wait. I, at this stage, I say Sub Pop loved it. Yeah, Sub yeah, so, so Pop tend to do um, like original... Uh, Repressings. This, and this, then, this the gas thing. Get. Remastering old grunge. There's no point. It's, it's, it's ruining. Even it. if it's done, it's ruining yeah. It, yeah. So maybe I'm wrong. Maybe Sub Pop don't do that. So yeah, but they, they are they are very much into re-releasing. Very but, much. Uh, I just thought it was mad that um, 
I heard of Green River, but I only knew them from Gossard and Ament. Mm. But I, and I, I, I remember he known. I probably knew if you would ask me fifteen years ago, I'd tell you about Green River. Mm. It's one of those things I forgot about because I yeah. didn't really care that much about the birth of grunge. It's, yeah, I'd, it's I'd heard the name, around. but I didn't know anything about them. Like the, the how close knit this scene was in, in Seattle is yeah. insane. Everybody Absolutely. knew everybody. Yeah. yeah. So um, yeah, the the. The two other lads, Arm and Turner, went off to, to create Mud Honey. And then Pearl Jam obviously came out. I yeah. think it may possibly be a year later, possibly even a year before, wait, wait, 10. And that is just, that's almost a bit like the At the Drive In, Mars Volta and Sparta kind of thing. The crea- <coughs> creative difference is exactly what it is. Wasn't there a song on this album where Eddie Vedder has a ba- does background vocals? I was trying to, I scanned through the thing for a bit of Eddie there and I couldn't find much about it. I, I um, think I read somewhere that there's a song. Where he does background vocals, he was just some lad that they knew who wanted to be in a band or whatever. Well, I, I know from when we talked about Temple of the Dog that that was the first time he was properly on yeah, record. Yeah, but that might have been just as a lead a vocal. featured vocalist. Lead, yeah, I, like, I think he might be on this somewhere. Yeah. doing backing vocals. I think. Yeah, it, you think. know what? Like, you could be right, but I remember just having just before I left because I was running real short on time. Yeah. we'll talk about how short on time I was running for the next band. But I was like, fuck, man, I really need to get, like, I don't want to miss anything when I talk about Green River. I probably miss loads, but it's just, everyone knows more Lovebone and Temple of Dog and Pearl Jam and stuff like that and Mudhoney and all, but this was just the the one that sort of, I think it's pretty much the the one that started. It has to be. They got all those lads in the band together. I mean, this is not a bad song. The band, I think they've, an album and a compilation. Okay. As far as I know. Of random recordings, yeah. Made, but I like yeah. the fact that even though they were breaking up and they were pissed off at each other, they said, "Listen, we'll we'll all finish get it. together and finish the the album." You know, so um, massive uh, interest in it. Obviously, after grunge broke, of course, people went back digging. Yeah. Shit, there's more. That's when Temple of the Dog was found. Yeah, that's when uh, Green River was found. Mm. So that is really that's Green River. Good enough. Uh, we can take or leave them. Who's your next yeah. one? My last one. Your last is one? Max Normal. Glad you're bringing this band up. <laughs> um, okay. This is, I know, I know a little bit. And I had to go mad, mad diggy. Mad diggy diggy hole. I had to go. <laughs> diggy um, diggy hole. Uh, this song is called Total Fuck Up. It's, I don't know if it's good or bad. I'm not entirely sure. I haven't made my mind up. There's definitely something in it. Whether that something is good or bad, I couldn't tell you. I, I already knew who this band was and I didn't yeah. listen to this song because I don't think I like it because I don't like the band yeah. that, that you're going to talk about yeah. that I, came I, out I after. don't mind moments of the bands that are spawned from it. Okay, so Max and Normal are formed in 2001 and the, the next two words will give everything away. And they were formed in South Africa. South Africa. Yeah, South Africa. So uh, Max Normal is Mark Buchanan who plays guitar and bass. Simon Ringrose, which is the most Af- South African name of all time, um, he's a turntablist. You got Sean O'Tim, who plays drums. Sean and key- O'Tim. Sean O'Tim, yeah, or it could be O'Tim. I'm not sure. He plays drums and keyboards, and you have a guy called Watkin Waddy Tudor Jones, who was m- more known under his current guise and stage name of Ninja. Now, okay, this is real fucking mad weird. This band essentially only lasts about a year. Right, about a year. However, in that year, they get pretty fucking big. 
In South Africa, yeah. Not even South Africa. They really? do European tours. They play Puckle Pop. Like they, they do a lot of stuff within a year. And I think that might be just the power. Everybody who was in this group... Um, you see, I would have presumed they were... I, well, I never listened to this band, but yeah. I actually didn't think they had like instrument, much instrument. Yeah, it doesn't sound like and stuff like that. Yeah, so I was kind of surprised like by that. I thought it was a lot of samples, yeah. maybe. The, saying that, I never really listened yeah, to it. Yeah, so it, it, it doesn't sound... I, think the, the, I believe that these are just things that those lads maybe touched once in their life. You know what I mean? Right. And the rest of it is just a computer. Yeah. Um, but everybody involved in this group would have been really big in the hip-hop scene um, at, at the time. Ninja, uh, Jones, fucking, he was known as Waddy when he was in this band, not Ninja. So Waddy would have been really big in the in the South African hip hop scene. He had already put albums out. He'd been in, in uh, EPs. He'd, he'd done mixtapes. He'd done all this kind of shit. And every, the rest of the lads would have been huge in the electronic scene in South Africa. Mm. So they done tours of Poker Pop. Um, so they get together in two thousand one. I think they split up in two thousand and two. Okay. Now in between them and Die Antwoord, which is who we're talking about. Oh. Reveal. The reveal. In between Max Normal and Diane Wood, there's a group called the Constructors Corporation. Okay? Mm. Now, this is where it gets real fucking mad. It's kind of a cool name. The Constructors Corporation is a cool name. Now, in... Oh, this is... The, the timeline is so fucking messed up in this, alright? In... When Max Normal knock it on the head... They formed the Constructus Corporation. In the Constructus Corporation, Yolandi gets introduced, who's the other half. Yolandi Vassa. Yeah. She's the other half. Now, she had already been introduced. Is it Vassa? Vassa, yeah. Vassa. She gets, she is partially introduced during the Max Normal days. Right. Because they do a lot of videos and she plays Max Normal, who's meant to be a character. She plays his secretary in these videos and secretary yeah I'm your secretary from South Africa <laughs> she plays this fucking secretary character now after Max Norman knocking on the head Waddy slash Ninja decides he wants to get the group back together again but the rest of the lads have no interest so he starts a version of the band called MaxNormal.tv right and this is more of an artsy multimedia concept where they put out music, they make little mini movies, they have toys, they have action figures. It's it's a mad fucking thing. Now it does very very well. It does very very well. Not as well as Diantwort. Diantwort he thinks he still to this day he says like everything he done was like preparing him to do Diantwort. Right? Yeah. Now Diantwort, I'm okay with it. No. I, it's musically it's. Some of it is okay, but you have to understand that this it's not for us, right? No, but they're, they're, they're well aware of telling people that it's not for them either. Yeah. That's what annoys me. Mm. I, you see, I made the mistake of being indifferent to the annoying-ish music with some good bits in it. I made the mistake of watching interviews with Diane because I always want to know what they're like and what, you know, more. Yeah. And that's the mistake I made, because all it was was like... Oh, but you don't understand. It's the, it's the Ziff culture that yeah. you don't know. Yeah. And Yolandi's like, yeah, it's the Ziff culture, man. You know, you just and he's like, oh no, Yolandi, I, I got this. Like, I can talk about it. And you're just like, shut yeah. the fuck up. Yeah, no, that's mean. That's, so, it's, it's not. You know, no, like I said, it's right. nothing to do with. You're us. right. There's, there's, there was a thing I said that called Ziff, right? And it's yeah. this weird kind of combination of art and music and a particular look. And it's this weird Mad Max meets Neon. 
I love the idea of it. I do. And I love the idea that it's absolutely everyone is equal and hugely anti-racist. Yeah. Which in South Africa is obviously a big deal. fucking big deal. Mm. And I'd love that. I just think, I just, there's something that makes me think I don't like him. Well, this is where it gets hairy. By all accounts, both of those people are terrible people. I would, right. I'm sorry, but I just feel it from watching the interviews yeah. and even them in Chappie. Oh, look, it's fucking kicked that robot in the head. Ha yeah. <laughs> ha this is funny. Yeah. Like, I'm pretty sure they're. That's like real that. life, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it, it seems to be okay. So, uh, uh, this this is me reading bullshit on the internet that is not necessarily. I, I don't know. I don't know these people. There are sometimes we're allowed to be a bit ignorant. Uh, yeah, but this is pure ignorance, and this yeah. is me reading absolute nonsense. We can't on always the be lovely people okay. here. <laughs> so he Wadi slash Ninja. He's been accused of like grooming people for a long, long time. Now, children. This is where it gets strange. He's been accused of like grooming up and coming South African musicians to kind of milk them for content. Oh, right. Right. So he. Not quite Drake. He has a Drake streak in him. We'll get to that now in a minute. Oh, no. So he has this. Uh, he's had this thing where because he sees himself as like one of the daddies of this kind of Zef culture. He is bet into his own arse. He, he loves himself. Jesus, right? He loves painful. himself. Yeah. So he's got this thing where he likes to. Um, apparently he likes to get a lot of up and coming musicians and like here's a keyboard and there's a drum machine and there's a bass guitar and there's a guitar and like jump in there for a while here's some studio time and let me hear what you're doing and then yeah. if it's good he takes it himself. he seems like a bit of a Khaled DJ Khaled because I'm sorry but I just don't see any huge talent in this oh, yeah, I'm not seeing any I, I, he's not a particularly good lyricist or, 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 or rapper. rapper or anything he annoys he just to seems to be the guy who stepped on people's heads and dumb people over to get his fucking, his, his knuckles over the hole. You know what I mean? Um, he was also accused on a couple of occasions of grooming young women. There was one in particular, and I'm not going to mention her name. You'll have to go rooting for it, rooting for it yourself. But um, him and Yolandi have a daughter together. I think her name is 16. She has a weird name. I think her name is 16. And um, he took, uh, very much he took a liking to a, a young up-and-coming musician from South Africa who looks a lot like his daughter. And it got a little bit fucking weird to the point where this girl had to separate herself from them and she released a video. You can go looking for it online. She released a, a video on YouTube of a song of hers talking about Yolandi, who apparently supported Ninja and all of his grooming. Um, and she released a video of her doing a song while showing screen grabs and messages that Ninja had sent her text messages and emails oh. and stuff. There's, that, there's a whole big... There's a pile of tomfuckery involved here. Oddly enough, I think uh, Yolandi had a pop at Drake while they were... Was it Drake or or Kanye West? They had a somebody at, somebody no. went after Yolandi um, in regards to this support of grooming. Oh, right. On both, on both behalves. And she... Uh, she's very much supportive of Ninja. Like I said, they have a child together, but they're not together. Okay? Anymore. Um, but she very much is supportive of the way he goes about things. But there seems to be this weird undercurrent of people who think that she's supporting Ninja because he is the mouthpiece and the guy who is making record deals happen and gigs happen. And that's what's feeding their daughter and supporting their daughter. So she, I don't know whether that's, I don't know. I just, sorry, there is a link between 
Deanne Ford and Drake. And there I is, just yeah. remembered it. Yeah. Drake asked them to go on tour okay. with him. And a few gigs in, she posted on her Instagram a picture of Drake with the words, I'm a massive f- A-G- okay. star star OT yeah. on the thing. And saying, oh, this, yeah, this yeah, 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 yeah. And they did yeah. not happy about it at all. Yeah, I do, I do remember that. There was a thing about that where she was getting done for homophobic uh, slurs. They were doing, they were trying to do her for homophobic slurs and bigotry. And something came out then about, oh, fuck, what was it? Something came out about messages or emails that Drake had maybe sent to them uh, that were. Not nice either, and it just kind of got out of control. Yeah. Um. Again, that's not protecting anybody. I think Drake is probably, he's probably um this generation's Gary Glitter. Let's be brutally honest. Uh, within a couple of years, we're going to hear some. He's grooming his beard. I can tell yeah, you that. Yeah, yeah. He doesn't seem like a nice person. Fuck um, Drake. His music is fucking shite as well. Absolutely. Like, re- like people go to me. If you listen to Kanye West, I'm like, man, the goal for difference. He's just mad. Kanye West. He's just mad. Yeah, but not musically. Drake's music sounds like shite. A really cheap drum machine with someone mumbling over it. And yeah. I, it, yeah. No, you know what, man? Good. I don't. I didn't know anything about this, like, musician kind of thievery and stuff like that. But I just know that every time I see it, the answer word, I get this cringy thing in my back. Yeah, like, yeah. I, why I, is this? I'd be with you there. I get, I get a shiver down my spine. I think, do you know what annoys me? Every interview where someone tries to ask them, so explain the Zeph thing. They have this real, they like, can't. Ah, mate, you, you, you don't, you wouldn't get it, man. Yeah. It's, you're not there for the Zeph culture. It's very hard yeah, to explain, man. Yeah. And she's all like, yeah, it's very hard to explain. <laughs> just that little, well shaved, little, eyebrows off. little back up behind me. Yeah. And, like, I remember the first song I heard by them was that. I, 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 mm. I am your butterfly mm. or whatever like that and I was like that yeah, was a big song that's yeah. alright it's grand and then the more I heard and everyone I knew was going have you heard the Antwoord it's amazing it's new mm, it's crazy yeah. and I listened and I was like this sounds like absolute garbage to me uh, just uh, shite for me the Antwoord sound like the most experimental Bjork stuff mixed with a fucking drum machine yeah. a shitty drum machine but Gar, Gar you're not part of the Zeph culture I'm so you absolutely don't understand I, man you don't understand that it's, an art, it's more of an art movement I, out, of, out of the, the oppression in South Africa yeah cool okay grand but the song sound like pig shit and I'm sorry but if I stick them on my headphones I don't get that whole uh, I don't get fed into that whole culture no oh, yeah. part, but I have to I'm listen to it on a musical level yeah. and it sounds like dog shit I, I'm, I'll be honest with you there's a couple of Diane Antwoord songs that I don't hate I don't own anything by them but if they're on I don't really care it's, do you know what the bits that get me is when you know like he stops rapping and he goes you never thought I was going to make it but here I am king of the world in the middle of the song you're like what, you, are, you, what, are, you, what are you talking about state, yeah yeah. Like he'll just he has like these like he's talking about times he was I don't know bullied or something by other musicians he's just like you never thought I was going to amend to anything but here I am yeah that, that got that, uh, that accent got not gonna lie, that accent got real weird there and I'm not bad at the South African accent but I can't do it in his style it's a savage accent it's the greatest what is it that's like but I don't even know how you, I don't understand it it's the greatest yeah, it's like making, Dutch meets Australian well it's hugely Dutch it of course yeah, it's yeah, hugely Dutch yeah Dude, the dude, I'm not doing a geography lesson for anyone here now. Give us, give us a good boar accent. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Frank the boar. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, yeah, listen, that's Max Normal. I, I know I came across very ignorant during no, the that's whole fine. Segment, but sometimes... That's fine. I'm just trying to give an idea of the, the birthplace of like the global phenomenon that yeah. was, no, no. not is, was Diane Ward. I understand. And I'm I just... Sometimes, I have to say this, we do... Come, we, we are essentially pub shy talk yes. in a podcast. Yeah. So you're going to hear... A bit of ignorance out of us sometimes, and me with the antwoord, it might not always be logical or even fair, especially with reggae. But I just, I just raga. I have to just say, and I'm not, not always 
able to explain why it annoys me that much. But that whole fucking little scene that they brought from South Africa, brilliant. They brought it over here and they're trying to. They're, they're using it as a vehicle, yet they're kind of almost going, ah, oh, you wouldn't get it. Yeah. But fuck off them. Yeah, that seems to be the selling point, so you don't understand it. Yeah, okay. Yeah. I don't I don't care about it either. Anyway, hit me with your last one. Let's get out of here. My last one is a band called What Is This? I don't know anything about this. This is a big one. And I, this is the reason. That I, I left this to the end because I thought it was going to be kind of quick one. I'll go, I'll go right, I'll go, give myself like half an hour to research this later. Of course, this one explodes. So, California band, What Is This? Started by Alan Johnson. Oh, sorry, Alan Johannes, mm. Jack Irons, Hillel Slovak, and Michael Balzari. Now, Hillel Slovak taught his mate, Michael Balzari, how to play bass. Yeah. Michael Balzari, the bassist, is Flea. Yeah, I knew that name. So he taught him how to play bass. Now, Flea, whatever what you think about Red Chili Peppers and Flea, incredible bassist. Yeah, great. Yeah, not, not a real bad guy. Either. He seems fine. Whatever. He seems to be the nicest one of that. Yeah, band. he seems. Like, I really like listening to him. A lot of stuff is fucking spiritual. Be nice to each other. Fucking throwaway. Yeah. So far, hippie shy. Whatever. But he's, he seems really point cool. break shy. I, I like him. And um, at the time, Anthony Kiedis was like their roadie and kind of hanging around the band. Should have left like him there. Should have left him there. So <laughs> honestly, so, so what is this? We're kind of playing a few gigs around like. 1980 and 81. Really? That early? Yeah. Fucking hell. So Flea left in 82 to Flay. join... The Flay. To join uh, Fear. Fuck off. The band Fear, He joins yes. Fear. Joins Fear in 81, 82, which is... This is still a good bit after Fear, where... Well, not really, actually. one would have been big. 1981, 1982. 79 would be Fear, wouldn't it? Um, so what was the Saturday Night Live? 1980, I think. Where it was a... Uh, yeah. John... Jim Belushi got that fucking yeah Jim Belushi and uh, the, got them on massive everybody, fan of them. everybody from Bad Brains and Chromax were there who wrecked starting wrecked the, the stage yeah, 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 yeah. brilliant yeah, so if you don't know this New York's already look, for, look, for dancing that's a and, uh, beef beef yeah. beef below beef alone yeah. Brill- brilliant yeah. that performance Fair is incredible uh, yeah so if you don't know one of the earliest bands ever to have a f- f- saxophone player yeah saxophone player in that band but in a good way they got back together again last year doing a gig in Rebellion in England yeah. apparently it was incredible so like I think even after 82 when, when he joined Fear in well, 80- I just said New York's alright if you like dancing New York's alright if you like saxophone <laughs> Jesus fucking Christ me you were thinking Saturday night's alright for dancing yeah, Saturday night's alright for saxophone Saturday I'm losing <laughs> me fucking shit I'm, I'm all mixed amazing. up here amazing so in 1983 Fleet sets up like a one-off band for a one-off gig with members of what is this who are kind of like I don't know. I don't really like their music. Whatever. It's not even particularly... They had a bit of a funky streak or whatever like that, but it's to me, it's just sort of rock. I wouldn't really mm. be... Like, listen to this song. What, rock Jesus, what's elements, the name like, of the song I picked? The song is called I'll Be Around. Yeah, I don't know. This is, this is the only song on Spotify by them, so there's probably much better ones. <laughs> it's this just on one, one of these weird compilations. Yeah, the weird yeah. compilations that I was thankful that there was something there for. So Fleet sets off a one-off band with Kiedis, Slovak, and uh, Jack Irons. The band is called uh, Tony Flow and the Miraculous Majestic Masters of Mayhem. They do a one-off gig and it was such a big hit. With, this is with Kiedis, like rapping sort of poems Ugh. over it that they decided to change, do a proper band out of it and they called that the Red Hot Chili Peppers. Fuck. So that's the Red Hot Chili Peppers. So fuck this band then. Yeah. Well, yeah. Here's the mad thing. I was about to wrap it up going, yeah, listen, the band, what is it? You know what I mean? I think they, 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 got, they, think they might have got back together for a gig or two after that. But basically... They didn't really need to, because you're talking about Orange, Kiedis, Slovak, and Flea are in Red Hot Chili Peppers. Um, Orange 
leaves Red Hot Chili Peppers and becomes the drummer from Pearl Jam. Really? This is why it links back into Green yeah. River. So, this is crazy. So, Slovak is playing guitar for them at the time during this Red Hot Chili Peppers. Um, Orange became, Orange left to become a... Ozymandias. Sorry, the Pearl Jam drummer in 1994. So, his first album would have been Vitology, yeah. His first album was Vitology and he played up until Yield. And then he was replaced by... Uh, <coughs> he got... Orange got kind of sick. Well, he's touring so much, it just took his toll on him. He wanted to spend more time with his family. So he was replaced then by Matt Cameron of Soundgarden when Soundgarden broke up in 98, I think. I think they broke up around 98. I'm going to tell you a secret. I know nothing about Pearl Jam. Pearl Jam, when I was a young fellow, one of my least favourite bands ever. Yeah, I, I, I liked them a lot, but I, they were... Like, we, we talked about this in Green River. They were, like, just aiming for the big time straight away. Yeah. That's cool, fine. I Perhaps. could never... When I was a young fellow, I couldn't wrap my head around Pearl Jam. Out of all those bands... They were the one I was really? like, no, I couldn't do it. I I'm, gonna, I'm do not going to lie to you. They were one of my favourites simply because of Jeremy and Black. Because they're, they're, remember all those they're really dark songs. But I hated like, them. Really? I hated them. They, they weren't rough enough. No, yeah, well, you can tell they're not rough yeah. enough compared to even Nirvana. Yeah. And, just, well, well, Soundgarden are a different story because yeah, they were more... Almost a classic rock. Fucking, yeah. yeah, classic rock. But the, the Pearl Jam, when I was a young fella, done fucking nothing for me really and I had this conversation with somebody about a year ago and they were even, like even flow don't, I didn't hate it I just it was fine it just didn't I never own still to this day I don't own a single Pearl Jam album really I don't own one of them not one you see I've I, torn my nose up at all of them I love 10 the, the album 10 for me is fantastic mm. but I don't really like much after that because it got a bit flouncy for me. Do you know, do you know what my favourite Pearl Jam song is? Do the Evolution. That's a banger. You see, got, that's when after they got back into heavier stuff yeah. like that. Yeah. I love that song. That's, that's a savage song. Yeah. But and they have heavy as folk songs yeah. as well, like Porch and for Yellow Ledbetter and all that. But they've just done nothing for me. But I had yeah. this conversation recently with somebody and they said, do you know what? I'm getting old. And I said, why are you getting old? I actually like Pearl Jam now. And I, I felt I that I thought pain. that was going to happen to me because no, no, t- you see, t- to me, 10 is completely different. Mm. The rest of the stuff we're talking about, like songs like uh, "Don't Send Come," the with the "Don't Come," and whatever. No, was, they're all they're all have the hand up in the air. I can't remember. That's versus your. I remember Vitalogy being a big deal. Remember that album being a big deal. Remember, I remember really, really liking the cover. And even to this it's day, kind of a the leather cover with yeah, the, the, but the, 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 the it's gold. textured. Even when you buy yeah. the LP, it's te- textured. It's yeah, cool so looking. Kind of, is it gold or silver? Or just, uh, yeah, I can't remember. I think it might be gold. I'm not sure. I, I'm honestly, I just after that, I know what you're saying. Now, if I hadn't heard Ten, I'd feel the same way about Pearl Jam. Mm. I just really, really love Ten. After that, I can pick and choose bits off the albums, but the slower acoustic stuff is not for me. Yeah, that's what I think of when I think of. And I think they're really well written songs, like Daughter and Old Woman Behind the Counter, whatever the fuck that song's called. And I just, like, I'm grand. Like, other people are singing. I'm like, oh, my God, isn't this such a great song? Last Kiss and all, or whatever. I'm like, I, I don't, no, not rough for me, man. This, to me, is just acoustic music. Now, they've obviously a few, like, Do The Evolution. And they have a few absolutely... The video for Do The Evolution is a beast as well. It's incredible. The beast. Uh, it's it's it looks like a Todd McFarlane yeah, kind yeah, of thing. Yeah. It's, all, um, it's all, like, the freaking leash fucking video. Yeah. yeah. So, um, anyway, listen. What's, what is this became that one-off band that that got huge, got, got huge based on, uh, Red Chili, Chili Peppers got huge. Uh, Slovak died in 1998 of a heroin overdose and was replaced by John, Frusci- John Frusciante. He also took to the fucking dirt bag. I think the whole band loved a bit of the gear. I'd say so. So, yeah, that I didn't realise that there was a link between my last two bands mm. being uh, Irons, who joined 
Pearl John. Such is the beauty of Lost Art, yeah. folks. Irons is a good drummer, really good drummer. And uh, obviously so is Matt Cameron. Mm. So if you're going to... It just seemed a good time when he was getting sick. After leaving Chili Peppers, joining Pearl Jam, getting sick of touring. Like, it takes its toll on some people. They can't do it. They can't do the full touring schedule. Those, uh, oh, those summer flus are the worst old timer. Summer flus make me feel... Back to the early brothers. It's all linked, man. Yeah. It's all linked. Uh, that's it what is this uh, it wouldn't be my band uh, neither would Relative Peppers like we said not really Pearl Jam either I'll do, <laughs> I do really love yeah, you know what yeah. I, I could make if you put 10 on one side of an album and then another like 20 30 songs on another separate that's CD it. that's for me is Pearl yeah, Jam yeah. Yeah. I'm the same now yeah. but like I said when I was a young fella I couldn't do it I just couldn't do it um, there was a, there was a there was a thing for me when I was like 16 and 17 that Pearl Jam were like the girls band and like Soundgarden were the boys band. Really? Yeah, yeah. That's mad. Yeah, in, in my kind of oh, little I didn't circle. See that. I didn't see that. In my circle, that's the way it was. The girls had Pearl Jam t shirts, the lads had like Mud Honey and fucking uh, Blind Melon t shirts and shit like that, you know? Yeah. yeah but, but that was just lads trying to be fucking kill pricks, you know? Now I'm older, I can absolutely appreciate it. There's loads of that Pearl Jam stuff I'm, I, I loved a bit. Mm. Um, but I, I still don't know. They wouldn't be a band that I could talk to somebody about. I find when I stick one of their albums on, I'm like deadly, deadly, and a song will come on. I'm like, Ugh, yeah. No. I, I put it this way: I will always be on the receiving end of Pearl Jam. You well, know what I mean? I'm never mm, gonna, yeah. I'm, <laughs> I'm never gonna be on the giving end. I don't know enough about them at all. Daddy, don't listen to uh, what is this? Yeah, don't do that. Well, do listen to that song just so you can slag it. Yeah. Um, tell us on Facebook. I'm not even like we said. I'm 100 sure Flea is on that exact recording because it's too hard. But that's the band. It's too hard. That's yeah, but we get, get to a point where you just can't. You can't uh, point fingers at it. Um, that's it for before they were famous. That was a good one. That was an hour and 44 minutes um, without too much goofing around. Lots of info in there. Loads of info there. Loads of bands to get you started. Um, we, we took a little sidetrack to talk about people overdoing the Irish music and my nipples and your nipples. Yeah, we, uh, we went on yeah. to a bit of uh, how much I do not like the Antwoord. Yeah, yeah, that's fine. That's what we're here for. Um, that's it. Listen, what you can do if you like these, we've got a few more Patreon followers today. If you like the podcast, you can help us out by going to patreon.com forward slash lost art podcast. If you don't want to give us like four euro, 35 cent or whatever it is a month, or for as long as you want, you don't have to sign up for forever. You can jump in for a month, listen to those fucking check podcasts, the, check out those ones and the that videos there, yeah. that we put up, um, and then knock it on the head, whatever you think. Um, you can do that. Or if you don't, really, really helpful if you forgot. To knock it on the head. Yeah, that's, that's the way I've kept, always worked. You just kept helping yeah. us. That's the way I've worked it. Thank you, fucking old <laughs> yeah. girls of Ireland. I wow. Keep, I keep forgetting about me signing up for your stuff. While you're drunk? Uh, do no, you? what are you talking about? Well, you just said you did it. You must as well say it when you're drunk. Uh, what we could do, we could do a little swap. Maybe there's loads of moths who want to wear, want lost art subs, and they'll give us a sub instead. Uh, first of all, don't really care about seeing any more alt models. But uh, and second of all, mutts like. Second of all, no, I'm not giving that away to anyone. You're not into mutts, <laughs> sure, whatever. Oh, I'm into money though. Yeah, but you're not getting any money from them if they're going. Yeah, but not costing me any money if it's swapping subs though. No, they can pay for it like all the good people who they're listen. They're not going to buy it, and they don't buy it. That's what mad. I'm saying. Wearing the same knickers in every photo, you're mad. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Fucking hell. Anyway, uh, <laughs> patreon.com forward slash lost art podcast. If you don't want to uh, give us a few quid, it's perfectly fine. One of these days, this podcast won't exist anymore. Yes. And 
Giving a few quid might give you another few episodes, and you'll go, yeah. well, I helped out. Yeah, absolutely. Gi- the guilt will rise Listen, away. You, it'll be, it'll, the guilt will just it'll flow away. You get you get one a week off us. Um, Patreons will get an extra two or three a month, maybe one a month. Depends on how much time we have. Uh, we've loads of plans for stuff to do in the new year. I put a post up on Patreon the other day explaining our crazy video concept idea that we have and we're going to get that going in the new year all the parts are almost in place and I still don't know how we're actually going to do it but well we're we, waiting we to are come from China because we were no, cheap no it's all here cheap. oh it's, it's here is it hey. everyone's here I, you see I'm not I, the gas thing is can I I can't even look at the Patreon stuff let's give me the login uh, yeah, yeah, cool. Yeah. You're forgetting. Yeah, like this, like this, I, I can't even remember. Well, I can make you, I can make you admin. You just need a Patreon account, and I can make you admin. I don't have yeah. one, but I'll get one. Yeah, get one. It's it's, it's free. Grant for you. <laughs> cool. Thank um, you for listening. But thank you for listening. If you want to help us out, share, share something, post up something. Um, we're on Twitter. We don't use it that much, but we're there. Another thing, just gotta say this: if you're coming onto the page and you see the new poll that went up. With oh yeah, artists that are against. We, 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 I know we're running low on time here, so I'm going to get this out of the way real do quick. Do it, do it. I put up this idea of trying to engage more with like the people that listen to the podcast. So I put up polls of your favorite artists between two absolutely unrelated artists. So the first one I chose was Johann Sebastian Bach versus Roxette, and two days later, <laughs> fucking hell, <laughs> it's not funny, man. I know this fucked funny. me up because like, I was like, I'm, bi- I'm actually a big. I really like Roxette. Ugh. Two days later, uh, Miss Fred, Mrs. Fredrickson died. Uh, yeah, uh, fucking, after a mad uh, battle, seventeen yeah, years. She had um, a brain tumor years ago, and she'd mm. been got uh, just even after that affected her health and stuff like that. I'm gonna get too down because Roxette are savage and stuff like that. But um, if you come on to that and see, please don't think that I just started that no, after that's, that's, she died. That's pre death. Please look at the dates, and I'm not like, the reason I didn't take it down is because. She battered back yeah. in the poll. Not Did battered. She? No, we came close. She was Roxette were battering back yeah, in that well, poll. See, I, I changed my vote as well. I put Roxette in there and went, fuck Roxette. This is pre-death as well. Don't judge me. And I went, you know what? Back has bangers, lad. So I, I changed my vote to back. And they came close, but uh, Roxette won. Of course so they did. That's, that's, uh, that's anyway, all I want to say on that one. Peace out, fucking Roxette. That's another one. Bites of dust. 2019 creeping up in 2016. For no, filthy deaths. Jesus, Jesus, let's not talk about this. We have, a couple, we have a couple of weeks left. Do, oh, this almost, me making noises. She's the noise of that. Noise of that. We could do a podcast on 2016 deaths. Absolute horrificness. Anyway, we're done. Uh, we'll be back again next week with some uh, murderous shit. Uh, go and join Patreon. <laughs> we did that. You on. fucking scum cunts. <laughs>